Leading Britain's conversation. You're listening to a podcast of The Steve Allen Show from LBC. Morning, everybody. Welcome along to Monday morning, the 4th of July, the legal bid to block the EU exit. The ridiculous Twitter users have complained about Andrew Castle because he made that comment about the girl. She didn't have any complaints at all. It's always, I think we should have these people investigated. You know, are they supposed to be in this country? Are they members of any particular union? Do they have any sexual perversions? I think we need to know everything about them. Are they on benefits? You know, you need to check these people out before they start complaining about Andrew Castle. My day yesterday with Cliff Richard and Gloria Honeyford and Brian Connolly, and uh, I'd, oh, amazing day, an amazing day, it really was. Really, really good day, so I'll tell you about that. Uh, the pregnant women, they do waddle like penguins, apparently. Bob Geldof gets more bizarre. The older he gets, the more peculiar he is. And the transgender Brits in the Olympics. Also, they've just owned a shop in a prison, apparently, to cater for transgenders who are complaining, in a men, men's prison, that there is nowhere for them to buy clothes and, uh, and make-up. I mean, there's obviously a lot of transgender crooks out there, aren't there? Six in this particular prison. Six, and so they've been fairly vocal. They have realised it's prison, haven't they? I mean, I don't want to sort of, you know, I mean, we're not opening shops for people, so you can go and buy clothes. Unless there are clothing shops for everybody else in there, so you can go and buy a pair of jeans and a perhaps sort of a smart T-shirt to wear inside prison. I think these, these, these people tend to forget. It's not a holiday camp. You're in prison because you're, uh, because you're a scumbag. You're in there because you've broken the law. It's fairly simple. It's not complicated at all, is it, really? Uh, also, we have the, uh, the Glastonbury, where if you thought that was dirty, you wait till you see swing fields. That's, uh, that's even sadder, I'm afraid. And not as sad as poor old Janet Street Pratter Porter. Yes, Pratter Porter completely screwed up on television whilst interviewing uh, somebody about Ab Fab. I mean, she quickly doesn't know anything. She's passed her cell by years ago, poor soul. I mean, she's looking... I mean, sometimes when the camera passes her, she does look as though she's gone to sleep, which perhaps would be the best thing for her. Chris Evans hit by these claims that he was flashing some girl. Uh, to be honest with you, I think he's been taking his clothes off for years. I only say that because somebody said that to me the other day. They said, but he's been doing that for ages and ages. I mean, did it for two years in front of this particular girl, so she alleges. And um, and there's all sorts of other allegations. The BBC, of course, being terribly supportive of this sort of thing, have uh, said, no, he's going to be on, on air today. He's going to be on air, so let's not worry about it. And the police can't comment at all either. So perhaps we'll get the helicopter up on this one, eh? Can't wait for that one. Come on, BBC News, where are you? Why have you not doorstepped in with a helicopter? That's your usual sort of practice, isn't it? Oh, sorry. Oh, one of your own. Oh, well, there you go. Uh, plus, 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 the plus, the police have set up mobile cells for drunk revellers at Henley. There's so many. It's not a case of hooray Henry's. It's a course of hooray and up she rises, and uh, as they go all over the place. It's really, it's gone downhill, Henley. It used to be a bit classy. It's just a load of old drunk hoorays now. In fact, many of them aren't even hoorays. They're pretend hoorays. Um, how to pull off charity cold callers. You'll like that one later on. And your favourite castle is Windsor. It's great, isn't it? That's the one that burnt down. You remember that, don't you? Because we did tell the royal family. We did say you need to install alarms in there, fire alarms, <laughs> can't be bothered, this little thing like that, bloody place burns down, and we, we, we pay to build it up, and Prince Andrew, that'll be the biggest waste of space in the royal family, together with the two daughters, oh, here we are again, and uh, the Queen says that she's very grateful for all the help, of course she is, because we all paid for it, but uh, as I say, it's our favourite castle, just after that, to pay for it, we, um, we had to start paying to go into Windsor Castle. I thought we owned it. I've obviously lost the, the will on that one. And the magic trick that went a little bit wrong. And copper pipes may cause Alzheimer's. So uh, now you know. There you go. We've put the worlds to right already. We haven't even, haven't even got to ten past four in the morning. The spike is there. It's holding good. 
It holds good. Nobody comes within a mile of this programme. Thank you very much indeed. So yesterday, now you will remember the story, will you not, of Cliff Richard from a few weeks ago. And uh, as you can well imagine, anybody who works on the radio is blissfully unaware, unless people write in, of who's listening to the programme. There might be lots and lots of very famous listening uh, people at the moment, uh, and there might be sort of members of the royal family. I don't know. Unless somebody writes in and says, oh, by the way, did you know that the Queen, down on one knee, thank you, uh, Her Majesty listens avidly to the Steve Allen programme uh, when she's awake at four in the morning. She always listens to it. She always keeps up with it. Princess Diana was a big fan of this programme, as you know. Constantly we're phoning going, no, not now, Diana, we're very busy. And uh, she would phone up all the time. Uh, Princess Alice also was another big listener to this programme. We've got lots of very famous, rich and titled people. So it came to pass on a, on a lovely evening some weeks ago that I get um, a text message from a friend of mine called Warren who you'll know because he features on various people's programmes and he flies for British Airways. And so he meets lots of famous people. And so he wrote to me and he said, oh, he said, um, bumped into Cliff Richard, as you do, as you do, that sort of neck of the woods. And he said, he's a big fan of yours. So, of course, I, I take everything with a pinch of salt. I mean, I really do take it with a, with a pinch of salt. I don't sort of, I go, oh, wow, I've got famous people listening to me. And he said, no, when he was in uh, Portugal, when he went through all this, this agonising time, this period of his life, which, uh, which you'll all be well aware of by now, uh, he would wake up in the early hours of the morning and he'd turn on the radio and it was this programme. They, I think they'd actually sit there going, what? How's he saying this? That's the one question people said to me yesterday. How do you get away with it? I said, well, I'm not telling lies about anybody. I'm only telling the truth. And as long as you tell the truth, you're absolutely fine. Unfortunately, sometimes the truth hurts. So anyway, and then uh, Warren said, oh, Clifford, would like to meet you. Well, first of all, they asked for my phone number. And uh, from the Cliff Richard organisation. And Warren said, well, I can't, I don't really want to hand out his phone number just like that because it's a private number. And so he didn't. And they said he'd really like to meet you. Anyway, then he did the interview with Gloria Honeyford. And, um, and that went very, very well indeed. I mean, she's known him for quite a long time, quite a long, long time. I think it goes back about 40 years, I think, if not more. And so she does the interview on the television. And then the producer, Martin Frizzell, who used to work at LBC, uh, sent me an email saying, Cliff, Cliff would love to meet you. He's a big fan. And uh, he used to listen to the programme all the time. And I thought that was really nice. Anyway, cut a long story short. Every year, this uh, friend of Cliff's called Robin has a party at his house in Weybridge. And it's for about 30 people, something like that. And uh, he puts on, I mean, a really good spread. I mean, a really good spread. There's, you know, limitless drinks, waiters going round with drinks for you. Nothing too much trouble. Can I just have water? I was just drinking water. But uh, they were round with the champagne and whatever you wanted was there. They had an outdoor bar. Lovely. You know, really, really nice. And so they said, well, listen, would you like to come? Because Cliff's going to be, uh, Cliff's going to be coming and uh, he'd love to meet you. And so I said, yeah, OK, I'll go. So yesterday I went over. They, in the meantime, told Cliff that I was going to be going to the party. So he was very excited about this. I mean, you know, I was kind of more excited that I was meeting Cliff Richard, you know, than he was meeting Steve Allen. So, uh, so I sort of duly set off, sat nab at the ready. And uh, when I got to the, uh, to the house, which is, uh, which is very nice and a very quiet road. I mean, really quiet out there. Really quiet. I mean, you know, I, I come from Twickenham, which is fairly noisy most of the time. This uh, out in Weybridge, very, very quiet. Very quiet road, all lovely gardens and things like that. It's all very lovely. And I just missed Paul Gambaccini, 
who'd been uh, who'd been out there for a, for a chat with uh, with Cliff, and the picture is in the paper today. And so we go inside, and there's probably about ten people there already. And they introduce me to Cliff Richard, and we have a a real good old chat. We have a, he goes, oh, he said we used to listen to you in the morning. We used to get up and you know and turn on the radio and listen to you and go. Oh. He said sometimes we laugh out low loud. And I thought, that's good. That's what the programme is, is designed to do. It's designed to help people through maybe difficult periods. Because this is the time of the morning, traditionally, where most people get a bit depressed about things. They really do. So, you know, if you've lost somebody or you're suffering with, you know, an illness or something like that, which means you can't sleep or you've got chemo going on or, you know, there's a breakup. This is the time of the morning, which is really crap for you. It's really crap. So we think if you've got a programme, which is but music doesn't do it. Lovely though it is, and lovely though my friends are who work in music, it doesn't quite do it in the same way. So anyway, so uh, Gloria Honeyford turns up with her, her husband, Stephen Way, who I used to use on the... Now, I've not seen Stephen for about probably 20 years or so. And he went, no. So we had a good old chat. Brian Connolly turns up uh, with his wife and gorgeous daughters. So we have a picture taken. His daughters are gorgeous. I mean, they, were, they went last year to the party, so they're used to how, how good the food is. And uh, and then I was talking. Oh, I was talking to loads of people, loads and loads of different. It was really just a really really nice afternoon. And uh, Cliff was saying how much he enjoyed the program. He was telling me his plans. He's got a. He's off to a wedding. I think a four day. Have you heard of a four day wedding? Why they can't have just one day? I've never heard of a four day wedding before. It sounds like some of these Indian weddings that they have, but this one's uh, overseas. And then he's got some uh, some tour dates. And then he's got some other bits and pieces. We had, a, we had a good old chat. It was almost, almost like we'd known each other for a long, long time. And we were just catching up on where we'd left off from last time. So uh, Warren took some pictures. There was an official person there taking pictures. And it was just really nice. It was just really, really nice. The house was gorgeous. The food was gorgeous. You know, people were enjoying the, the, the lovely weather. And Cliff was at his best. He looked fantastic. He was in a very, very good frame of mind. He was chatting away. He was, he was really happy. Really, really happy. And uh, as I say, for seven, I don't even want to mention the age, Cliff. I'm so sorry. Very rude of me to mention the age. But, I mean, he looks fantastic. I told him three times, I think, yesterday afternoon how, how good he was. And then, kind of, it, it finishes for me because I've got to get home to go to bed. And so I leave there and I get hopelessly lost on the way back. I mean, I'm only, like, 11 miles away from home. And I just get lost. And I end up going around the same roundabout three times, but from different directions. All I'm looking for is the bloody sign to get me back to London. In the end, I had to come in from Kingston, from the other end of it, and I hit traffic on the motorway. At one point, we ground to a halt. It was just... You know when you're looking at the clock and I'm going, oh, it's 20 to 6. I'm in bed at 6. And then I had to go out and get some bits and pieces from Marks and Spencers. And I, I did manage to force down a glass of Prosecco when I got in, so I was fairly happy with that. But all in all, it was a beautiful day. It was lovely. It was a, a lot of uh, very good atmosphere a lot of very good uh, conversation you know reacquainted myself with a few people Michael Keating Gloria's son was there it was just great it was just nice to see you know so many people that I knew and also it was the fact that Cliff was there and so it made it perfect I will put up some of the pictures once I've worked out how we do it I'm not sure how I do it yet I'm going to try I'm trying to work it out we'll 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 we'll, we'll come around to that later so thank you Warren they came in and they all worked out very well indeed okay time check should we actually do a time check on time this morning we're not if you're a new listener we're not known for doing time checks mainly because to be honest with you I really can't be fagged to do it and secondly because I always get them wrong anyway I sometimes keep going so much because the amount of people who said to me yesterday, do you have a script for the programme? I said, good God, if there was a script, it'd be funnier. I said, no, we don't have any script. And then they all want to know the same thing. What time do you get up? What time do you go to bed? 
I said, I go to bed about 6.30, 7 o'clock. Wow, do you have any trouble sleeping? Nope. In bed, bang, gone completely. Which, of course, is a bit of a godsend. But I do wake up probably about twice in the middle of the night. Just for the for the usual, um, you know, ablutions. But apart from that, fine. And they go, so what time do you... And then this morning we had another trouble with the car again. Another trouble. You know, the car pulls up. They're, they're always... They, you know, oh, I lose the will to live on it. Anyway, and, uh, and the, small, the driver starts arguing with me. I said, I'm the only one out here. This is the postcode. I don't know what the postcode is. Well, what have you got? I said, I've got a map which shows me exactly where you are. Presumably you've got the same map. You know, when they tar- tally up, that means you're with me. At one point, I tried to open the car door and he drove off. He actually drove off. So I phoned him. I said, you better get your ass back here. I did say that. You better get your ass back here. I said, because otherwise, I said, you're going to be in big trouble. I don't pay a lot of money for a service that is non-existent. Oh, there's Michael Gove. Why do I not like Michael Gove? There's something about him. He's creepy. He's... Why is it that people in, in different parties wear sort of the tie associated? Does that mean he's got no red ties in his wardrobe at all? Has he only got pale blue? But I just don't like him. I don't like him. And I don't like his wife. And uh, I'm not, at the moment, I'm not liking anybody, actually. There's, there's nobody I like. We were all discussing this yesterday, as you do when you go to a, a, a party, and people discuss about whether we're in or whether we're out. And, you know, most people there thought that we'll never actually come out. They seriously thought, that, you know, I think we're all saying, you know, well, of course, we're going to be out in about two and a half years' time, if indeed it ever gets to that. And most people thought it wouldn't. Now I have missed the out time. It is 16 minutes past four. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 19 minutes past four. It's Monday morning. You love Monday morning. There's a picture of the paper today of a, of a rugby player, rugby ace, James Haskell. Uh, James Haskell is the uh, the boyfriend of that self-attention-seeking nobody called Chloe Maidley. Poor old Chloe. Not not blessed with the most looks in the world, but she does like to publish pictures of herself because it's her only way of trying to get some sort of fame or attention. Anyway, they, they, they've got a picture of James Haskell, who, because he's a rugby bloke, he's fairly big, and he's wearing budgie smugglers. Unfortunately, poor James Haskell doesn't quite fill them out. You know, when you see Tom Daly in a pair of budgie smugglers, Tom Daly fills them out. Get my drift? Mr Haskell, unfortunately, doesn't fill him out at all. So I've sent a letter of sympathy to Chloe Maidley. I'm so sorry you couldn't find a proper man. But anyway, that'll keep her happy. She'll be in the papers. Lucky they're out with it with the photographer. But honestly, why on earth he's wearing budgie smugglers? You know, if you can't fill them out, for goodness sake, dear, don't put them on. Makes you look ridiculous. Makes you look ridiculous. Is that sexist? Is that sexist? I don't know. Is that sexist? Was that the same as Andrew Castle saying you wouldn't mind? No, that's OK. OK, fine, OK. Because I, I, I look better in budgie smugglers. OK, just not mention it. Uh, what else have we got in the papers for today? Um, uh, Strictly's hot new professional, uh, Katya Jones, has been dubbed a mess by Simon Cowell. Uh, the Russian babe has been signed to the BBC show to stand in for Christina Rianoff because she's pregnant. Well, they might as well get rid of Christina Rianoff. Dumb enough to get yourself pregnant when you're in the early stages of a career. Goodness sake. Anyway, Katya said they always find them abroad, don't they? We don't seem to have anybody in this country who looks like any of the professional ballroom dancers. I don't know why. I don't know why. We just seem to sort of get them abroad. We just seem to get them from abroad. So Katia, uh, one part of her CV she'd love to forget was when she was part of Kings and Queens, which auditioned for Britain's Got Talent in 2014. Oh, dear. Another talentless one. She's got no talent, says Simon Cowell, of her at the time. Lovely. Host of Comedy Stars going to turn out for Carolina Hearn which they will. We think Ricky Tomlinson and Sue Johnson will be there. Steve Coogan is almost expected to uh, attend and loads of other people. I, I feel immensely sorry for her. It doesn't make any difference now, but I feel immensely sorry that if the papers are right that she died alone 
Uh, I think that's awful. I don't think anybody should ever have to die alone. But I don't think people knew how ill she was. But she would have been unconscious. She would have uh, she would have slipped in. I don't know whether or not she was receiving medication. Uh, because if she died alone at home, I mean, was somebody administering medication to her? Because if there was somebody there like the Macmillan nurses, they would know exactly what was going on. But I have a feeling she she wasn't being administered to by the Macmillan nurses. Because if, if she was by herself, if, I mean, if she'd been in the final stages of cancer, they'd have been with her all the time. Literally somebody, and also they, they would have said to friends and family, because I know how the system works. So uh, I feel sorry for her for that, because I don't think anybody should have to, to die by themselves. Especially not when, you're, not when you're famous. Not when you're famous, because, you know, you just want to think that somebody's there to hold your hand and take you through. Uh, Princess Kate's mum, Carol Middleton, has been ridiculed for giving, giving silly lifestyle tips like her daughter Pippa. Apparently there's a bit of, a, um, bit of an argy-bargy going on, so the papers tell us, with, uh, with uh, Carol Middleton who's desperate for attention, and the royal family. They think she's trying to muscle in on things. She managed to wangle herself into the royal box the other day. Why? I've got no idea. But there again, you see, I mean, Vernon Kay was in the royal box. I don't know what you don't have to do to get in the royal box. Oh, we've got a nice little house for you here. It's in uh, Palm Springs, California. It's a mansion made famous in the film Diamonds Are Forever. It's called Elrod House. And it's got uh, five bedrooms, five bathrooms, a gym and an extravagant swimming pool. It's lovely. Sounds, I can't remember what the house was, but I've looked at pictures there. And uh, I thought, that'd be quite nice. I could live in a place like that. It's only six million. Six million's good. And uh, here's Bre- President Obama getting ready for... Uh, they, they like hot dogs in America, as you know, but they have all sorts of things. Barbecued pulled pork, pork uh, beef, chilli, cheese... And, um, you know, people like that kind of thing. I do like a hot dog. I have to be honest, I'm, I'm not averse to a hot dog at all. I like that kind of thing. I think it's very good. But I don't understand the ones where they put chilli on top of it. I think that that's kind of taken it up in the, uh, up in the calorie level. Quite a lot, actually. Uh, Love Island has had its first lesbian kiss. I'm oh, bored with these tramps on that programme. ITV have gone, oh, no, we didn't deliberately show people having sex on there. Tacky, tacky, tacky. Really. I mean, but now there's some lesbian action, which, of course, you know, is all that kind of thing. Do you remember a short while ago we had Kerry Katona? Sorry. And she was saying, oh, you know, I might go because I can't find a man. I might go for a bit of girl on girl action. I thought you can't find a man because you have vile. That's why you can't find anybody. Like Daniela Westbrook. Oh, dear Lord. You know, she's having to go with somebody who's a bit young and immature because that's about the age limit that she can probably find. It's all very worrying and disturbing, isn't it? Uh, I wonder if that story in the back of the car was true. (laughs) Hopefully we'll never find out. Hopefully we'll never find out. All of your texts and emails on the programme. And uh, Jimmy says, I think you're a godsend. Yep, it is true. I am sent from God. I think all of us were sent from God. Uh, 84850, uk. A lot of people talking about, um, about the, uh, somebody just disputed the fact the Queen listens to this programme. Of course she does. You can't prove otherwise. I'm telling you, she listens to this programme all the time. All the time. I love the way poor old Colin, I mean, honestly, I mean, we, we know what sort of barking mad person you are. Your picture is not you at all, is it? You put up a picture of somebody else. I think you're disturbed. I think you're disturbed. I think you need to get some help, medical help, and very, very quickly, if indeed your name's Colin. I suspect it probably isn't, actually. But he always does hashtags. And you know what that means about somebody. If they start doing hashtags, they've generally got quite a few screws loose. The Queen does listen to this programme, and Prince Philip, and they invite me out for tea, and we go shopping in Safeway. All right? Now, mind your own business. 
dreary little person, honestly. Where do they get them from? I don't know. Perhaps he's in a home or something like that. But uh, now you're not in a home and you've got nobody to write to. Look at that. Early in the, mo- the programme. We found some buffoon already. Doesn't take long, does it? Oh, dear, honestly. They say, perhaps, they, they, perhaps the medication starts wearing off at, uh, at this time. They get to sort of like 20 past five. Ooh, need some medication. Matron. They go, no, you'll have to write to Steve Allen again. And I just delete them. It's so much easier. Uh, so I like the mobile cells for the drunken revellers at Henry. There's a picture of a hooray Henry. They call him a smartly dressed young man. He's just another drunk. Uh, which doesn't really help, does it? And they were swigging wine and spirits from the bottle. They're just lowlifes. They're lowlifes. They're not, they're not class. They're not anything else. Uh, here's a picture in the Daily Mail this morning of uh, Paul Gambaccini, Nigel Evans and Cliff Richard looking... I'm telling you, pictures do not do him justice. I'm telling you that now for a fact. Having had pictures taken with him yesterday and sat next to him, my pictures always do me justice. I always look older than the person I was sitting next to. And, uh, and Cliff was good. And I know that sitting room, that's, that's part of the sitting room. That uh, the way, I don't know who took the picture, but I think Nigel Evans posted it on his uh, on his network site. But uh, they say here it's the Cliff and the Survivors Club. Singer meets DJ and MP also face false abuse accusations. It's outrageous in this day and age. I think these people should be sued. I seriously, if they're mentally ill, then we should get them help. If they start making up things like this, then we should get them help. If they've done it a few times, surely the police will have a modicum of intelligence and try and work it out. You know, the rest of the country managed to get to it before the police did. Bit of a shame. Mm. I'm still advocating, though, in the light of more allegations about um, about Chris Evans, uh, I'm, I'm recommending the newsroom of the BBC send up the helicopter this morning to doorstep him as he's walking out of his front door. Would that be possible? Would that be possible? I mean, come on, just having him walking into the studio would be worth it, wouldn't it? It'd be a nice thing to do. Um, how early to bed can cut child obesity? Really? Really, you think? I mean, they, they always come up with all these crackpot ideas of why people are obese, and the answer is they eat too much. It's as simple as that. I know, I know, because I got in last night and I hadn't eaten anything at uh, Robin's house, even though the food was absolutely delicious. Absolutely. And people, people comment on it. In fact, actually, I was talking to Brian Connolly's daughters. It was stunning. And, uh, and she said, the food is amazing. And it really was. The little racks of ribs and, oh, sausage. Beautiful, but really nice quality food. Really good. The waiting staff were very good, always very attentive. It was just lovely. Just nice. Nice afternoon. Nice way to spend the day. A lot of people are going to be very, very jealous. Very, very jealous. Uh, the Met Office now are calling on... Uh, an army of garden forecasters. So they want you to install miniature meteorological stations to help the Met Office provide better forecasts. Well, they're rubbish. You might as well just... You know, there are people who, who do the weather forecasting based on... Is it fir cones? Or seaweed was very popular. Seaweed was very popular. They would look at seaweed or feel it and they go, oh, it's damp today. You go, yeah, that means rain. They go, no, unbelievable, isn't it? And the Met Office spent a small fortune. And nine out of ten times, just look out the window... Is it going to rain today? It's London. Of course it's going to rain at some point. That's how we know. We know it, it's going to rain because it's London. It's as simple as that. I don't know why people get so sort of so sort of, um, sort of, of surprised about the weather forecast. I mean, I actually, I actually look at, uh, at sort of all these, all these different weather forecasting people. And when I read it out and it goes, today it's going to be dry and sunny and then it rains, I think, oh, I just kind of forget about it. Uh, 84850, Steve at lbc.co.uk. Gary says, did you take a photographer to Cliff's party? No, there were photographers there who were taking pictures. And so I've got, uh, I've got a, set, a set of pictures. 
set of pictures uh, from it. Me, Gloria, and uh, me, Gloria, Cliff, and Brian Connolly. And then me and Cliff. Quite a lot of me and me and Cliff. And then Cliff and me. And then other people at the party. John, who's a very good friend of Cliff's, and so had pictures taken with him. We had loads of pictures taken. It was just nice, actually. But it wasn't intrusive. It wasn't intrusive. It was. It was just really, really nice. You know. You know when you really like something and you have a you have a nice day, and you think that's good. I, I wish I didn't have to go to work tomorrow because they all said, "Oh, are you going to work?" I said, "Yeah." They said, "What time are you going to bed?" I said, "As soon as I get in," which actually wasn't wasn't far off it at all. Here's a strange story. I only, I'll mention it in a moment. Actually, it's uh, it's a couple who are separating, but there's a sum of money involved in it, which is nothing to do with the wife, but she wants a share of it. Because she thinks it forms part of the estate. It's one of these. It's it's sort of it's a, a, a an extramarital kind of thing where people are fighting over. Listen, you you get half the sideboard, I'll get half the kitchen cupboard, and you get the television, I'll get the saucepans, kind of thing. Only this time, it's money that was paid out for child abuse to this man, and so he's put it into a trust fund to give away to charity when he dies. But the wife has put in a claim for it because she thinks it forms part of the estate. And the reason I mention it is they think it sets a precedent. For all sorts of other people who might be in a similar situation, who've had who've had compensation payouts, and then they say no, that that's separate, and they go, well, actually, that forms part of the marriage thing. So she, it's only one hundred and seventy-five thousand. It's not it's not exactly a lot of money, but uh, it's been put into it, and they now say this could be a test case. Could be very interesting. Four thirty. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, you're pretty nice, heavy company. Twenty-six minutes to five. My friend Jordan says you are so showbiz. I, I was yesterday. I was yesterday. It was quite exciting, actually. It was, it was what I call a nice select gathering. I've never been anywhere where there were so many rich people in one place, except me. In fact, one of the pictures we had taken, I said, I'm the only one in this picture. I don't know who they are. I said, everybody else is instantly recognisable. So here's this bizarre story. This is a very odd story. This is a story of a man called Andrew Kerslake. Andrew has waived his right to anonymity. When he was uh, between the ages of five and ten, he was abused by a family friend. And... Uh, it was something like 500 times. Uh, anyway, he then went to the police in 1998 and uh, the attacker got jailed and he was given £175,000 by the Criminal Injuries Compensation Board Okay, for what he'd suffered, the emotional trauma. Um, he looked on this as dirty money. So he didn't want to spend it. He wasn't interested in spending it. What he thought he'd do is he'd put it into a trust. So he set up the Andrew Kerslake Trust and the fund has now grown to around £250,000. So that's dirty money. And what he's decided is, when he dies, he's not going to spend it. He's going to give it to charity. He said, I was the victim of sexual abuse and I was given the money to compensate for what happened to me when I was a very young boy. I didn't apply for the money. I didn't really want it at the time. And I'm not prepared to hand it over as part of a divorce settlement. So now it's £250,000 and it's in his, his trust fund. The ex-wife has uh, decided to go after it in court. She wants half of it. But in fact, it's it's sort of, A, it's his. It's separate. I don't know when, when you're married, whether or not everything is taken into, into account. Because this was something that happened to him when he was abused as a child. He doesn't want her to have it. I mean, she's refused to comment about it, but it doesn't portray her in a very good light at all. Because it means that she's just after money. Whereas this was what he'd suffered for. She didn't suffer for this at all. And so it's separate. It doesn't feature in their joint bank account or anything else. So if this, if this goes through court now, it's going to be very interesting uh, to, see, to, see what he, to see what happens. Because he said, I live with the, with the consequences of this every day. It was paid for me. 
uh, for something that happened long before I met Helen. I mean, I would be surprised if the court would award it to her because it's got nothing to do with her. It's like, you know, if, I, if I've got you know, a little piggy bank under the bed which I haven't, I'm telling you now. But if I had, and it had, say, a million pounds in it, and then I decide to, to set up home with somebody, does that mean they're entitled to half my piggy bank? No, it doesn't. That's mine. That's mine. You know, I'm not, I'm not putting that as, as part, of the, uh, part of the solution, but I'm just sort of saying people are so greedy when it comes to money now, even when it comes to dirty money, even when it comes to tainted money, somebody's still prepared to go for it, and you think, no. She's apparently changed her name back. They've been estranged for four years now, so it goes back quite a way, and she's with somebody else, and um, apparently this, this other man she's with posts pictures of in bed together, and obviously she said, oh, we, oh, I know he's got this money in a trust fund, and people are saying, but it's, it's not your money, it's his money, it was given to him, but he doesn't want to spend it. And she's obviously thinking, I'll spend it. But uh, it'll be interesting to see, see how, the, how the court in this particular case decide on that, because it, it is a test case. It is a test case. What's yours is theirs. That's what, it's what it'll come down to. It doesn't matter how much you've got or when you actually got it. Uh, it's a case of they can go after it. So that, that might pe- make people think differently about how they set up their, uh, their wills. Uh, Lord Grade is in the paper today talking about how to put off charity cold callers. And uh, basically, he says, you open the door and turn it off. He said, that generally works. Right, I tend to find with some of them, stand there with a the towel around your waist, then just drop it at the appropriate moment. That works quite quickly too. But uh, he says, I used to... Uh, he says, I always send a text back. He said, if people send me a text cold calling. I send them a text back saying, I'm a leading QC at the criminal bar and I'm putting you on notice. Please accept this text as a letter before action. I mean to pursue this case to the High Court if necessary. He said, I've never had a repeated text. So if you get a text from somebody, you write back, I am a leading QC at the criminal bar and I'm putting you on notice. You see, it's, it, sounds, it sounds authentic, doesn't it, already? Please accept this text as a letter before action. I mean to pursue this case to the High Court if necessary. You sue the so-and-so off them, ladies and gentlemen. He says, I've, I've never had a repeated text. I get very cross if people knock on my door at 8, 9 at night when I've just got home from work. He says, I tell him, don't come knocking on my door. You're not invited. Drives me crazy. So that's it. I tend to find, as I said before, you get the cold callers, you go, hold on a sec, just put, put the phone down, leave them sitting there connected. They're, they're paying for it. Let them sit there as long as you like. As long as you can sort of, you know, and in the end you go, just keep talking, going, if I was you, I'd hang up because I'm going to leave you sitting there all day, all day. Uh, what else have we got here? Short of a hug, I found an expert who for 50 quid will come round and give you a hug if you need a hug. People like hugs. We were doing hugs yesterday. I did hugs with loads of people. I like uh, hug, you know, sort of that in a... I like hugs. I think hugs are fantastic. And Lewis says, I've seen you in Safeways with a Queen. I don't think so. We don't have Safeways around our way. You're obviously in a very common area, Lewis, aren't you? We're not, we're, we're, we don't have things like that. We just have Waitrose and Marks and Spencers. And also, I don't think Safeways still exist, does it? I'm getting them all this morning. Is it the medicated lot that are coming out now? The lonelies? <laughs> I used to go to uh, to school with Brian Connolly's wife. She was stunning. Says my, I don't think you're allowed to say that. I think that's illegal in this day and age. You can you can have that thought privately, but you can't say it out loud. I think somebody's stunning. That that's illegal. That's actually called being creepy. If you remember, there was that poor old soul up in Nottingham. Oh, I think that uh, what Andrew Castle says was creepy. 
because he said to that very attractive girl, I wish she was my dentist. What's matter with that, love? The girl didn't complain. She was terribly flattered. But uh, but the other one, oh, no, didn't like it at all. Oh, no. I don't like it. So you can tell that she's one of those who is probably ugly. You know, the uglies who never get any compliments at all. It's a shame, isn't it, really? But there you go. So, uh, so you can't say she was stunning. I can say she was stunning because I was there. I was there. And the and the, no wonder the children are too, says Mike and Ashton. It's true, isn't it? Absolutely true. Uh, 84850, steve at uk. Try and get as many of these in as possible on the programme this morning. Because it's Monday and I know you don't like Monday. And uh, uh, Paul says, did you go to Cliff's uh, house yesterday? No. Did I say that? I don't think so, no. I don't think I did. Why is it people can't listen in the morning? Do I get the deluded ones at the end of the day? I mean, but, I mean, thank goodness you're all there for the spike, which is very sweet, actually. Very sweet. Oh, Paul's in Oxford. I suspect he means he's in a home in Oxford. <laughs> I didn't go to a party at Cliff's house yesterday, which is, uh, if you had half a brain cell, you would have understood, but obviously not. Uh, Smiley and the crew from South Norwood. You should come and hang out sometime. You'll love it. I've been to South, South Norwood once. I went to visit my wheels. Uh, another one here. Uh, this is from, 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 from. Oh, somebody talking about, and, um, uh, somebody talking about the, uh, the Chris Evans story and the fact that one of the papers is saying that they reckon that Top Gear is going to be dropped. Well, it was only ever one series. They never committed to more than one series, whether or not, it was only six shows. I mean, as far as I was concerned, it was a hell of a waste of money. £650,000, that'd save a lot of lives, wouldn't it? A lot of lives. You could practically build hospitals in certain countries. So I, I'm not sure about that. Whether or not these allegations, which are against him through flashing, but as he has a history of flashing, they might say, but he's done it on every blooming programme he's ever been on. Surely, you know, if you knew anything about him. I mean, I personally have never flashed in my life. I don't hear people laughing or anything like that. So, uh, definitely not. Uh, Mrs Merton creator Carolina Hearn had a higher IQ than Stephen Hawking, but she couldn't cope with the fame, so she made everybody happy except herself. That's always the trouble, isn't it? Don't they say that about comedians? That inside they are... They're, they're crying because they're not... You know, they, I mean, I remember the Michael Barrymore case where he, he went on stage and he was going through all this uh, stuff... Uh, which we're all well aware of, and uh, he'd said, I wish my private life was as as good as my professional life. Basically meaning that he was happy when he was on stage, and uh, when he was not on stage, it was a complete disaster. And so people find it very difficult to f- to cope. If, if you're surrounded by laughter all the time, if you're surrounded by people who think you're terribly funny and, and stuff like that, then you... Uh, then you sort of, you just have to accept it. So when you come off stage, all of a sudden they don't know what to do. They don't know what to do because they're, they're so used to playing to the audience. They love the audience. It's that, uh, it's Dr. Footlights. It's the clapping. It's the cheering. It's the whooping. If you're used to hearing that every day of your life and then all of a sudden you're going to wander around the supermarket by yourself, then it's obviously a bit of a, a bit of a come down, isn't it? Uh, Jerry says, I went to school with Brian's wife and she was stunning and clever. Will you stop it with the stunning and clever bits? You're not allowed to do that. That's sexist. You're allowed to say she was a very nice person. And that's it. No, you can't do that. You can't do... You can't do that. (laughs) Did I hear you say last week the Queen won the postcode lottery? Well, she didn't. But uh, it was the... um, It was the postcode of Buckingham Palace. SW1A1AA or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was. But uh, it was that. It was... uh, But she didn't win because the Queen doesn't have any money, so she wouldn't go out and buy a ticket, would she? But there might be somebody in Buckingham Palace who bought a ticket... 
I don't know anybody who buys the post uh, the uh, the postcode lottery tickets. I really don't. But there we go. I never ask people about that at all. I never ask people to say, hey, did you buy a lottery ticket today? <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, what else was in the paper? It's uh, a nice picture. Oh, yes. This is, um, this is uh, Hollywood's failed business. This is Paul Hollywood. He managed to woo back his wife, Alexandra. Remember, after he had an affair with that woman in America, uh, of the American version of the hit programme, he needed more than smooth talk to win over the former creditors of his specialty baking business. That went under, owing a total of £60,000. But yet, strangely enough, uh, the creditors will have every reason to be angry for not being paid anything, as his freshly published accounts for Paul Hollywood Limited reveal it made profits of almost £1.4 million. £1.4 million. And uh, also here, he has invested nearly 900000 in HJP Media. And its accounts show he's paid back a loan of £1.4 from the firm, including interest of 34000 He's had quite a few failures, actually. Artisan Bread was one of them. Uh, earlier in the career, he had to call in liquidators when his first bread firm built up debts of 262000 leaving some creditors fuming. At, uh, at the time, his spokesman insisted the majority of creditors were compensated. This time, his spokesman couldn't be reached for comment. I bet he bloody well couldn't. I bet he couldn't. <laughs> oh, God. And uh, Ab Fab, no sweetie darling, it nearly destroyed me, Lynn Franks. I've worked with Lynn Franks, and uh, I have to be honest, she's supposed to be the character that uh, Ab Fab is based on. It's supposed to be this barking mad woman who runs a PR company. And uh, I did work with, with Lynn Franks. And it was all ley lines and this and that and, and Sweetie Darling and everything else. And it was all pumpkins and caftans and sandals. Slightly odd. Slightly odd. Uh, 84850, uk. Every single thing on the programme we shall read out. Why? Because we're just like that. 14 to 5. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, you're pretty nice to be company. 11 minutes to 5, Monday morning, and the uh, the fans are out again. I think uh, people were complaining yesterday that um, Chief Chav and Chavette, that's Wayne and Colleen, <laughs> yeah, there they were out, wandering into a bar, not a care. They couldn't give a stuff about England. They couldn't give a stuff about football. They're just enjoying spending the money. And that's, as indeed are the other ones, another load of English footballers out there, making us all feel physically sick with a bunch of old tarts hanging around them. Because so, you, you knew it was bad news because it was Wayne Lineker, Gary's uh, erstwhile brother, who was sort of entertaining them somewhere. They, oh, God, honestly. Honestly. And, and, and now Iceland, now Iceland, the team that beat England, been thrashed by France. Couldn't make it up, could you, really? But as I say, I mean, we, we couldn't play for toffee. We absolutely couldn't play. I think we need to go back to school or something. Do they train them how to play football, or do they just train them how to spend money? Anyway, uh, the England team's Euro fiasco escalated last night when a pampered FA bigwig boasted about his luxury trip. Andy Walker riled fans with a snap online of his personalised jet head rest. He boasted about staying in top hotels... One of the fans says maybe if we concentrated on developing footballers rather than fancy headrests, we might get somewhere. Yes, absolutely. He's, he's one of those people. He's got one of those designer beards. It's a little bit too cut. You know what I'm saying? A little bit too cut. Uh, the BBC, dirty little organisation, have uh, faced a Wimbledon backlash yesterday. They focused on bums and knickers. But uh, that's the cameraman for you. Angry tennis lovers slammed close-ups of women players' undies and accused the Beeb's cameras of leering when the skirts flap up. Well, of course. Have you seen some of the cameramen at the BBC? Yeah. A bit like that. Viewer Sally Ann McCarthy was among those who accused the BBC of continuing to ogle. She said, did we really need a slow-motion close-up of the girl in the dress jumping up and down? Yeah, of course you do. 
Because it's like a bit, oh, yeah. That's what people are watching Wimbledon for now. You're not watching it for tennis, are you? You're either watching it to see a flash of something or somebody's boob falling out or somebody falling over or, or some argument or something. That's what we're watching. We're not watching for tennis anymore. Sue Simmons tweeted, I think some shots are replayed in slow motion just for the knickers and buttocks. Yes, depends how your mind works, doesn't it, really? But the trouble is nobody seems to wear knickers anymore now. They seem to be wearing Bridget Jones stuff underneath, which is all very lovely, all very lovely. And here's a picture of uh, somebody called... Is this Dele Alley? Dele Alley, Okay. And uh, he's enjoying the attentions of a fan. She looks like one of those. Are you a footballer? I love you. That's what they're like, aren't they? Whenever they bump into football. How much money you got? Are you buy me champagne? Yeah, I found me mum. Mum, found one. Found one. Got him. I think his name's Deli Alley. He's a Spurs midfielder. He's 20, but obviously not the brightest penny in the box. Because he had an eye for all the ladies on Ibiza. But uh, no sign of his girlfriend, who's called Ruby May. Hello, Ruby May. All right, love. All right. Anyway, he's enjoying himself out there. Meanwhile, Wayne Rooney just piddled around, cheering himself on up a jet ski. Billy Nomates. Billy Nomates. You think he, he's like her. They get home and they put their outfits on and walk up and down in the bedroom in front of the mirror going, we're really good, we're really well known. And we're all going, you're a pair of chavs. You're a pair of chavs. He wasn't playing football. He'd be on the Jeremy Kyle show. And uh, Andrew says, imagine the Queen and Phil going shopping with a trolley in Sainsbury's constantly, constantly. That's what, they, that's what they do, isn't it, really? They, they do go shopping. I quite like that idea. I always think it's a bit disappointing. They've never learned how to stop at red lights. They've never needed to, have they? They just automatically assume that, I mean, that the entire world smells of new paint and it's all green traffic lights because they have people... Even when they're red, they just wave them through. I tried to do it. Wait, get back. I thought, well, she went through. Always got a police motorbike. Wherever they go, they've got a police motorbike in front. They, they do it as it's a purple movement, as they say. In London, that's how they they do it at New New Scotland Yard. Uh, each each member of the royal family is assigned a colour. Wouldn't like to tell you what I think Prince Andrew's is, but uh, anyway, the, the Queen's is a purple movement, as was the Queen Mother's, and that's how they map. They have a whole department that maps their route out. They know to the second how long it's going to take to go from here to here. So when they say she leaves Buckingham Palace at one minute to ten, they know she can be at Horse Guards Parade at precisely ten o'clock as the clock is chiming, because they've worked out every single route in London. It's, it's quite methodical. But, of course, bearing in mind, they don't have to stop for traffic lights or anything else like that. They can just drive straight through. Oh, that we could all be so lucky. I would like that. Wouldn't you like that? Just be able to drive through London. Oh, sometimes. I, I think I really would be, actually. Just just would love to drive through London. Uh, here's little uh, mix star Lee Ann Pinnock. She's obviously suffering from a dearth of publicity. And uh, they said she's, uh, she's launched a bid to become the new Kim Kardashian. So she went on holiday to Ibiza. And uh, obviously with a photographer, so they could have a picture of her and, uh, and her bum, which is, which is apparently the latest thing. So, uh, so she's had that picture taken. And um, she said, whenever I see Leanne, in, in a, this is what uh, bandmate Perry Edwards said, and she says, when I see her in a bikini, I don't think, oh, my God, Leanne, put it away. I think, you've got one of the most insane figures I've ever seen. Is that what girls say to each other? It'd be like me going on holiday with a producer and going, do you know, that figure is insane. It really is insane. He'd be going, what? You know, and yet if it's Perry Edwards and, and, uh, and Leanne Pinnock by name, um, it's kind of, it's OK for people to say that, isn't it? 
It's, it's yet, it's, if it was blokes, it's, it's not so good at all. It's like Andrew Castle, isn't it? It's a classic thing. Even Kelvin McKenzie says of it, the twits at the Beeb should not have taken the bait. Because there's obviously a department there, which is run by a lady who's wearing twin-set pearls, flat, sensible shoes, because she couldn't wear heels. And, uh, and she's been there 105 years, and no man has ever been near her. And she's very butch. And she could appear in a Bond movie. And so they go, right, that's Andrew... What did Andrew Castle say? I wish she was my debt. Right, that's him. Make a note of that one. That's on our list of people. And, uh, as, as I mean, really what we should ask of these people here is... You know, because th- these are the anonymous trolls, you know. And I think we need to know where they live. Have they been to prison? Are they homeowners or do they just rent? Are they in work? What were they ever fired for? Uh, what is their family situation? Has their sexuality got a bearing on the tweet? And are they in any position to pass judgment on anybody? And the answer is they aren't. Because generally speaking, they've got more than a few screws loose. They are the ones who wander up and down the high street going, Has anybody seen my albatross? You know, that's the sort of people they are. There's something the matter with them. They're not quite the full shilling, are they? They're the sort of people, if they're standing behind you in the bus queue, you kind of move to one side. You don't really want them anywhere near you. Because they're sort of because they're contaminated, and they know they're contaminated. They've got nobody, nobody to talk to. They haven't got anybody. So they have to wander up and down. You generally find them hanging around in libraries. They'd like, I, th- I think I'd like to come in and read a book. Sorry, I'd like to read a book. Have you got any books? And you know, and they sort of take it off. Oh God, they're all over the women place. Uh, Donnie says, I think Liz and Phil uh, will be popping down to see me at the seaside. Well, it can't be the Queen and Prince Philip, because otherwise you wouldn't be so disrespectful, because you'd find yourself in the tower awaiting execution. Liz and Phil, dear God in heaven, honestly, where are we coming to? When there's no, there's no sort of, you know, you could look up to the royal family. Well, a couple of them. Liz and, Liz and Phil, you're all right, we could look up to them. Certainly not looking up to Prince Andrew, are we? Why would you want to look up to Prince Andrew? I look down on Prince Andrew. And we look even further down for his two ghastly children. Uh, so the twits at the BBC, says Calvin McKenzie, over this uh, very pretty, I wish he was my dentist, uh, picture. It's ridiculous, isn't it? it does, does it really make any difference? Uh, what else does he say? He says, I fear for Chris Evans's career. The latest allegations in The Sun on Sunday about him constantly producing his manhood in front of a female colleague. I know who it is. Not a nutter when part of a television show back in the 90s, and now being studied by the police. He will, of course, be interviewed under caution, says Kelvin McKenzie, who's kind of jumped the gun quite a few bits. This will almost sit- certainly lead to him being suspended from his uh, show. Clearly Top Gear is not working, and the way things are going, nor will Chris be shortly. Very sad. Do you really think he's going to be... I mean, is this really some? Are we building something up out of nothing? Listen, if somebody's got a history of, of, of getting their bits out and it goes on for two years, would somebody be saying, I don't know, I'm just guessing, would they be saying, listen, after, say, maybe the third time, would you not have wanted to say something? Apparently, every time he didn't get his own way, he decided to sort of get his bits out. Perhaps he's impressed with them or something. You know, perhaps he's sort of, perhaps he likes doing things like that. I don't know. I've never worked with him. I don't know what people do. I know around here, I don't work with anybody who wants to get their bits out. Thank the Lord. I mean, it's just, you just don't. Do you? I wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't be bothered whether or not people thought it was offensive or not. I'm more worried about the fact, why would you want to do it in the first place? Why would you want to do it? But, I mean, if, if Kelvin's right and this thing builds up and the BBC are then going to have to go, oh, God, we've got to do something about it, then they might have to say, until this is over and done with, this investigation, whether it goes any further, I don't know. But Kelvin's absolutely right. If it goes further, they will have to suspend him. And then he'll have to sit at home and then he'll realise exactly what it's been like for all these other people who've been accused of things, where they sit there for ages and a day waiting for something to happen. I mean, I don't know if he did it. I don't know if if he didn't do it. As far as I know, he's not been 
questioned yet. I'm assuming somebody at the BBC, somebody who shall remain nameless, probably, has sort of said to him, yeah, I mean, is this true? I mean, did, you, did you used to get your bits out? And if he says, yeah, but it was only a bit of fun. I think he's already said that when he did it before, it was just a laugh. But it depends whether or not you think that's a laugh, doesn't it? If you're a woman, and just supposing you're a... I mean, Kelvin McKenzie claims that he knows this person. He knows this person who is not a nutter. Because it would be easy for somebody, for somebody to come forward. So if they're going to take this person seriously, if they're a senior a senior producer at the BBC, they're going to have to take it seriously. And I don't know how this has emerged. I don't know why all of a sudden, after all these years, this would come out. So we'll wait and see. But if they do suspend him, again, they've, they've, uh, they've closed their eyes, haven't they? They've basically said, oh, no, he, he'll be back on air today. I wonder how long before the backlash starts. You know, we've seen it before. It'll probably happen again. So we'll wait and find out. Our favourite castle is Windsor. Which is quite nice, actually. As castles go, it's lovely. Uh, and what? And Andrew. Yes, yes, our favourite Windsor is Andrew. Yes. No, he's not. No, we don't like Andrew. We really don't. Uh, oh, Andrew Castle. Sorry, he's got Andrew and the castle in the same thing. We like Andrew Castle. A lot of people worried about the fact he wasn't here yesterday. John Stapleton was in, and a very good job he did too, as I was listening to him yesterday. And uh, it's because it was Wimbledon, because of the bad weather and all that kind of stuff. Uh, the sympathy card for James Haskell. He's, the, um, he's a, a rugby bloke. He's wearing Speedos, but to be honest with you, unless you can fill them out, James, don't wear them. Makes you look a bit silly. Cliff Richard looking fantastic. Have I mentioned that before? I can't remember if I'd mentioned it. And uh, Bob Geldof, mad as a broomstick. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's Monday. It's the 4th of July. It's the time when all the Americans get very excited and they celebrate. And so even Americans who are abroad celebrate and they'll be having a fantastic time and they'll be cooking and inviting people round. And what they talk about, I've got no idea. I really don't know. I've never been invited to anything like that, mainly because I don't know that many Americans. <laughs> the legal bid to block the EU exit is in the papers today. Uh, the BBC facing a Wimbledon backlash. Their cameramen are quite clear. They need to bring the cameras up a little bit. We quite like to see faces, thank you. We're not really interested in knickers and bums. The spin-off masterclass binned by the BBC. The, uh, the sex fiend who won the bid to stay here. A three times rapist. Now we've sent him to prison. When he comes out, he's definitely going to be deported. It's quite ridiculous who's in this country, isn't it? And the sad news that Caroline Hearn was alone when she died. And as I pointed out before, I don't know whether or not uh, she had the, the benefit of Macmillan nurses to go round. Because if, if she had, uh, they would have known at what stage her body was in and the fact that she was dying, and they would have administered uh, medication to her. But for her to die alone is absolutely awful, because if she was being seen by any of the nurses, they'd have been with her all the time, because they would have known that she was coming to that stage in her life, and they would have told friends. I find it absolutely awful to think she was by herself. I think that's nobody should ever have to do that. Nobody should ever have to do that at all. Poor old Janet Street Porter. I mean, she is just... She's past it, isn't she now? Poor old soul. Put her out to pasture. Leave her out in the field by herself. She didn't know anything about Abfab at all, whilst claiming to know everything about it. She had no... She thought Safi was a lesbian. And so Jennifer Saunders pointed out that, no, Safi wasn't a lesbian. She said, well, she did have a lesbian fling. No, she didn't have a lesbian fling. So poor old Janet Street Porter, egg on face again. Old woman goes down with the Titanic, as they say. Uh, the copper pipes. If you've got copper pipes, they say they could cause Alzheimer's. Oh, slightly worrying, isn't it? And also transgender Brits could compete in the Rio Olympics. We've gone transgender mad, haven't we, in this country? Every time I open up the papers, there's another transgender story. That's the second one in the papers today. The other, of course, being the prison, which has opened up a clothes shop for transgender prisoners. Prisoners, mind you. This isn't some sort of luxury holiday camp. This is prisoners. 
and they're in there, and they said they can't get makeup and everything else, so they've given them a catalogue, and they can pick clothes out of it. Do they offer the same facilities to the men? I'd like to think that it's equal, but uh, of course, if it's not, then I'll be complaining bitterly till the uh, till the cows come home. I love the idea that we've got transgender people in prison. What are they? Are they burglars? What are they? What sort of people are they? They're obviously criminals. That's why they're in there. Uh, Steve, I get extremely irritated by cold callers, and I keep an air horn handy. Oh, I don't even do that. I just said, hold on a sec. I just put the phone down and leave it there. Walk away from it. It's very, it's very exciting. John says, uh, I was listening to Darren Adams' programme. I was wondering if you were cringing at some of the suggestions. I think you said before on air that you quite often go through and clear the fridge if the stuff isn't in date. What, I wonder if you changed your mind. Why would I change my mind? No, definitely not. Why would I change my mind on that? No, I go through. If it's out of date, I throw it away. What, you keep it? Oh, God, no, I'd rather live a long time. Thank you very much indeed. I'm not particularly interested in sort of, you know, these... Uh, I do watch the uh, the expiry dates. Um, absolutely. I mean, I don't care. I know that, you know, even if it's past it, you could still eat it, you know, up to about two or three days. What they're doing is they're covering themselves just in case you become ill. But uh, no, I know. And also it's the it's the FSA, isn't it? The Food Standards Agency who say, and they're, and they're quite right, that the average family chucks out six meals a week. Do you know what they should have? And it's the only thing we haven't got. They should have places where you can take your stuff that's out of date back to. Do you know, like, you've, you've, got, you've got charity shops. God knows we've got more than most charity shops around our way. It kills the high street totally. Why would you want to go to Twickenham to shop? It's charity shops. Seriously, that's all we've got. Charity shops, ghastly. You know, I'm sure they do a wonderful job, but to be honest with you, it's killed the high street, stone blooming dead. And uh, what, what we don't understand, the FSA says, is the safety around frozen foods. See, once something's defrosted, I won't use it. I just chuck it out. I couldn't really care less what it costs. I mean, I'm not really bothered by that. I just worry about the fact that, you know, I don't want to make myself ill. And touch wood, so far, I've been really lucky. I've never been ill through food poisoning. Oh, tell a lie. In Grand Canaria, years and years ago, I got ill through food poisoning. And uh, we'd eaten... I know where we'd eaten. We'd eaten at a Chinese restaurant in the Yumbo Centre. And I thought something t- didn't quite taste right. And I think whatever it was had been off. And I had the most dreadful food poisoning. Oh, good, good. two days I was laid up in bed. Two days. It was absolutely dreadful. It really was. So uh, never again. So I just do it to err on the side of caution. I just go in there and I, I, I look at... I, I've given up looking at the sell-by dates. I try and read them on the side of rolls. I tried to read one on the on the producer's roll for today, and I couldn't... I think it said today's date, or it might have said tomorrow's date on it. And it might say tomorrow's. But I know you're actually safe within a, within a few days on those. Uh, but some sandwiches I bought them, I've taken them home, and I thought, oh, God, the sell-by date's tomorrow. You've got to eat it. And so I'm, I'm, I'm very mindful of things like that. I'm just, I'm just careful. And I very rarely get ill through food. Well, in fact, I don't get ill through food at all, unless I've eaten something that really doesn't agree with me. Uh, Sean says, I recently went to M&S... Other places are available, probably. And purchased a pair of trousers. You'd love them. They're made of linen, and they're the lightest, coolest trousers I've ever had. It's like wearing pyjamas, but much smarter. Oh, 1995. Oh, no, no. I, I tell you, I laughed the other day. I bought these shoes. They're called Skechers. And they're very light, and they're supposed to be quite good for walking and stuff like that. So I bought them because they were advertised on QVC, but I found them on Amazon for a bit cheaper. And so I bought a couple of pairs of these and then Paul Cooper bought a pair as well. And then I said to my goddaughter when we were going out the other day, she's 12, remember? I mean, she's, she's a fashionista at 12. She knows all the makeup brands. She knows, she knows how to use phones. She knew it was, she was working phones at seven. OK, so she's fairly bright. And, uh, and I said, oh, do you want to see, to see, see my shoes? She went, no. I said, why not? I, th- I said, they're really light. She said, no. I said, what's the matter? She said, they're old men's shoes. 
I said, what? I can't believe you said that. Honestly. I mean, it's terrible, isn't it, when you buy stuff and they go, they're old men's shoes. <laughs> I wasn't sure what old men's shoes were. Apparently these. Whereas I don't think that at all. I think they're really actually quite comfy. Oh, they're just normal. It's not old men's shoes, is it? And was it? You think they are? Oh, dear God, they've got to go back there. No, they're, they're, they're sketchers. Go walk two. Go walk to... And do you know where they're made? I've just, I just realised. I've just looked at it. Where do you think they're made? I bought these online from... from Made in Vietnam. Didn't know they made anything in Vietnam anymore. There you go. Are they old men? Sh- oh, dear. I said to her, I said, they're like vans. And she said, no, they're not, Uncle Steve. I'm going to have to go and buy some vans now, aren't I? Honestly, I don't like to be out. I don't want to wear old men's shoes. That's like wearing old men's sort of clothes. I think you get to that stage and all of a sudden it all becomes old men's stuff. I don't like it at all. I don't like, as I don't wear pyjamas, actually. It, um, uh, Sean, it's not going to be much help to me. I know the sort of linen trousers you mean, but they just, I look ridiculous in them. Seriously, I'm, I'm happier in a pair of Levi's. But I've, I was talking, it's funny, I was talking to the parents of my godchildren, Chris, the other day, and I said to him about um, buying clothes. And there's a very expensive clothes shop in Epping, which caters for, let's just call them thin people. OK, it doesn't cater for anybody who's more than a size 34 waist. And uh, then they look at you as you walk in there and you can see them thinking, nothing for you, nothing for you. And so he used to go in this shop all the time. He said, not now. He said, gone are the days of buying 300 pairs, 300 pound pair of trousers or a 200 pound shirt. I said, yeah, isn't it funny? You go through those phases where you just sort of recklessly spend money. And then all of a sudden you go, I don't think so. I've got a Comme de Garçon shirt, which I bought years ago, 199 pounds. And that was years ago. I mean, nowadays, I wouldn't even like to think how much these things cost. But uh, definitely not linen trousers. Not for me. You can only wear those with white pants, I think. Because if you wear sort of coloured pants... Can you use that word? Pants? Yeah, uh, if you wear, wear coloured pants, you can see through them. So I'm, I'm not, uh, not a big, big fan of things like that. <laughs> I don't like that kind of thing. And uh, 84850. Uh, then somebody says, you live in Witten, don't you? Oh, don't be so stupid, honestly. Uh, of course not. And that's why... You've now got nobody to write to. <laughs> I love doing that. I think it's so exciting, actually. No, I'm definitely, I'm, I'm definitely a Twickenham postcode. Definitely Twickenham. Definitely. In fact, actually, if I really want to push it, Hampton Court. You know, that's what I think. Uh, 84850, uk. It's interesting listening to, uh, to what people think they're going to be voting for. All of a sudden, you can't move for Tony Blair. He's everywhere, isn't he? He's turned up on every show, whereas, in fact... Yeah, it's the Chilcot report out. How many years has that taken? I've grown, you know, quite a few beards, I think, since the Chilcot report. I mean, what, what's that going to tell us? Absolutely nothing, I should imagine. Absolutely nothing at all. And uh, somebody else who says, uh, 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 Faisal says, I guess Vietnam, even before you mentioned it. It's the first time I've ever seen made in Vietnam on, a, on anything at all. That's funny. That's funny. I never thought about it. I just assumed it would be China or somewhere like that. Uh, I never thought Vietnam. To actually see Made in Vietnam on the side. I think it's quite exciting, don't you? No, just me again. Thank you. And uh, 84850, uk. And uh, let's have a look here. Oh, yes, the, the no radio silences for Evans. We think that might change. I think that might change. I have a feeling this one's not going to go away for a little while, unless they deal with it properly. But as I say, the BBC are absolute rubbish at dealing with things. They don't know what the, what the first thing to do, do they? Oh, God, what do we do? He's one of our biggest stars. And we've got this kind of thing hanging over us. Uh, there's somebody asking for a date. And uh, it, it, this is in a jail cell. Somebody in a jail cell. His name is Joseph Chin. He's a killer. 
He shocked jailers by using a dating website from his prison cell. I mean, how is this? Why are they allowed telephones in there? Why are they allowed telephones? Four other murderers have used social media to brag about their cushy life in jail. He was he was caught and caged for killing uh, a young 14-year-old back in 2008. And he set up a dating profile on Plenty of Fish, boasting he was a professional hustler. Silly little girl's blouse who's in prison for murder, I'm afraid. Nothing else. Uh, John the Greengrocer, because he knows all about Nikes. And... Um, he, he buys a lot of Nikes. Because, you know, you can design your own Nikes. You can go online, I think, to the Nike shop and you can design what you want written on them and what, uh, what colours and things like that. And, you know, you pay about a hundred and something pounds for them. And he says all Nike trainers are made in Vietnam. I mean, it, this must be the new place to, to get stuff made because I've never seen it before. It's only because, in fact, it's the first time I've had these shoes for about three weeks. It's the first time I've ever taken one off and looked at it. Only because the producer went, oh, what does it look like? And then he saw it and his face dropped. So obviously I'm wearing old men's shoes. I have to change. I have to go out in a pair of Vans today. I'm going to look silly, aren't I? I don't want to go out with old men's shoes. I'll have to wear them around the flat. <laughs> Doc Martin boots. Doc Martin boots are made in Thailand. Are they rich? Do we make anything here? Is there anything we make in this country? It's all very worrying, isn't it? It's all very worrying. I'm going to try later on. You'll have to bear with me to download these um, photographs of Cliff and myself. Did I mention I saw Cliff yesterday? I do that to wind people up. It always works. Uh, Paul Cooper says comfort before fashion. I so agree. But I've just showed them to the producer and, and, and that's two people. So I might have to wear vans again today. I might have to go out and buy some, some vans. Oh, and John the Greengrocer said, um, he said, yeah, he, he went to see the Ab Fab film yesterday. He said it was the worst film I've ever seen. <laughs> Actually, the funny thing is, a friend of mine went to see it and she said... She liked it, but only because she said, but there's too many celebrities in it. They've, you know, they don't need that. many. there's about 60 cameo appearances from celebrities. <laughs> they said they don't really need them. But the, but the bits that, you know, that you were aware of from the, from the TV series are very funny indeed. So uh, there you go. So I can imagine John not liking it at all. And uh, any chance, says Paul, of wishing Daniel a happy 11th birthday today. He's got sports day as well. Wow. Wow. So, listen, Daniel, happy, happy returns of the 11th and a sports day. I've got an interview to do today. My day's marginally more exciting. And then I'm going to see uh, a film. I'm going up to a screening uh, of a film that uh, I think is out at the cinemas this week. I think it's out this week. And uh, I'll tell you about that a little bit later on. So, happy 11th birthday, Dan. I'm sure you'll have a lovely day. And I'm sure that Mummy and Daddy will be getting you lots of nice things. If indeed you've probably had them already, I should imagine. Do you get, if, if you go to school, do you get your presents before you go to school? Or do you get presents when you come back from school? I can't remember. It was such a long time since I'd... used to get them before. Did you get them on the breakfast table? Right. Oh, well, there you go. Daniel? Well, because Daddy's at work very early. Daddy goes to work very early, so only Mummy will be at home going... This, this is the family with six children, by the way. Six children. So what do you buy for a birthday present? That's the thing. You have to let me know what you, what you get. I shall expect photographs, Dan. I shall definitely expect photographs. Quarter past five. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. I'm Steve Allen. This is my early breakfast. Everything you've heard about it is absolutely true. Ian in Benfont's, uh, Bedfont says, Your shoe story reminds me of the great Victoria Woods thoughts on getting old. It's when you used to take the M&S cardigan that your aunt bought you every Christmas back for a refund. Getting old is when you tried it on and thought, you know, it's actually quite nice. That's like when you look at uh, skulls. You go, they look comfy. 
and you've started looking at clothes, and years ago you'd look at it and go, I'm not wearing that. And then all of a sudden you go, that's nice. It's like, Christmas jumpers? I don't think so. Now, can't get enough of them. What do you mean it's got lights in it? I'll have ten. <laughs> Bring it on. I was telling people about the boot of my car the other day. They thought I was mad as a broomstick. I said, I've, I've always got... Because I, I went round... I went round some years ago to uh, Michael Keating's place, who is Glory Honeyford's son, and he lives in Fulham. Uh, and he lives in um, a house that was owned by Hattie Jakes. So it's, it's, to me, it's, it's a very exciting house. But the parking around Fulham, as anybody will tell you, who lives in London, is an absolute nightmare. So I park the car up. You can imagine, try and, I mean, my car takes up two spaces. So we manage to get it in, and it's fine, and I go to the front door, and we, we have dinner, and it's all lovely. Halfway through the evening, I look out the window, and I've got a ticket on the car. I'd be given a parking ticket. And Michael, bless him, he said, I'll, I'll pay for it. I'll, I'll pay for the parking. I said, oh, that's really, no, really, that's nice. And so I thought, I need to give them something back. So I opened the boot of the car, and they'd run out of wine by that time, and I offloaded the contents of the boot of the car so they could all carry on drinking. And, in fact, one of the guys at the party yesterday said, I dine out on that story now. He said, if how you, you open the boot of your car, he said, there was all this booze. I said, yeah, now, I said, if you open the boot of the car, it's all... Um, it's all Prosecco and vodka and all sorts of other things. <laughs> it's all great fun, actually. Uh, I haven't seen it since the Channel 4 programme Goggles Sprogs, the junior version, but I do remember it because, if you remember, Malcolm, uh, they've been getting trolled by internet trolls yesterday. People are that sick, and I think we know who they are. I think we might start naming, actually. If we find an internet troll, I think we'll start naming and shaming. Far more entertaining. Uh, Trisha has sent me in a picture of... I don't know what it is, actually. Oh, blimey, that's nice, isn't it? That's very nice. That looks like um, a summer pudding kind of thing. I like summer pudding. and I've not had. I mean, I can't have it, really, because it's all full of uh, fructose and stuff like that. But I quite like the idea of a summer pudding. Or felling that just, just stewed rhubarb. But it, I know there's tons of sugar in it. But that looks delicious, Tricia. Thank you. Thank, th- thank you for ruining my day this morning. <laughs> and uh, Gordon celebrates his 45th birthday today from James... 45, honestly. If only I knew people of that age. So many happy returns. Honestly, we go from a 45-year-old to an 11-year-old. And, uh, Steve, hurry up with the picture of you. Oh, I don't think it'll be this morning. Definitely not. I haven't worked out how to do it yet. I really don't know how to do it. Um, what I've got to do is I've got to send them to myself, then I've got to upload them on, on Twitter. So I, I, I will get round to it, but uh, at this precise moment, it's, uh, it, it's not on my front burner. But they will, don't worry, it's worth waiting for. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Well worth waiting for. <laughs> I always tell people that. It's great, actually, isn't it? Uh, uh, Peter went for a, a day out in Broadstairs. Nearly got wiped out twice by tailgaters. Not going there again. I've only had food poisoning once, says Phil. Gastroenteritis in Santa Monica after eating mussels. Uh, that was the, the one... The, the quickest way of getting food poisoning is with shellfish. Shellfish. Quickest, quickest way of getting any sort of food poisoning. Uh, Mick says, don't wear those shoes at airports. You may get some unwanted attention from the sniffer dogs. <laughs> They're so comfy, though, actually. So comfy. Jonathan in Wapping has recommended some other shoes for me. And uh, apparently the Skechers shoes, their headquarters, is in darkest Potter's Bar next to the railway station, says Steve. <gasps> and Cathy says, your shoes are sold on a website called 50 Plus. All right, I'll rub it in. Don't need that kind of talk. Fighting talk, that is. It's, when they say 50 Plus, they, they mean... You've got more than £50,000 tied up in your house. That's what they mean. You think they mean age, don't you? No, absolutely not. <laughs> I don't like the... I definitely can't wear them anymore, though, if they're on a blooming... Uh, I need a makeover, says Mark, to make you look younger and fresher. 
I don't. I promise you, I don't need a makeover. I'm quite happy. Quite happy the way I am, thank you very much indeed. Occasionally you look at other people and you suddenly realise... I was, I was saying yesterday to Gloria Honeyford... Oh, that's another name I dropped. And Because uh, we go back many, many years. Many, many years. And uh, I was saying, I hate this ageing process. I said, I hate it. I said to Cliff... Did I tell you I met Cliff yesterday? When Steve met Cliff? Uh, and, yes, we get a clang sound effect. We'll have to ask Nick Abbott if he's got a clang sound effect, you know, or ka-ching or something, anything like that. Because Brian, Brian Connolly was saying to me, ka-ching. No, ka-ching doesn't sound right. Well, think of something else. And, um, and I said, I hate the ageing process. I really don't like the ageing process. Because, you, because mentally, you think young. I know there's many of you listening at the moment. You're probably decrepit and really old. But, I mean, you know, I'm also probably in that same category. But mentally... I think I'm sort of 18, 19. It's only when we had to sign the bar yesterday. They have this thing about signing the bar and then they sort of save it. And so Cliff, so, did I mention Cliff? <laughs> uh, he signed it in the middle. He's got a really cool signature, whereas mine looks like Sue Allen, uh, which makes me sound like a character out of Dallas. And so he does his. And of course, because the bar is sort of, it's quite nice. It was all, you know, raffia roof and all the rest of it, really nice. And uh, I had to get down on my knees to write my name next, next to Cliff, Steve Allen. I said, I'm going to have trouble getting up again. That to help me up. It's getting a bit desperate, isn't it, really, at my age. That's why I do a job that's, that's sitting down. So the only other jobs I could be would be an airline pilot or a bus driver or a train driver, and there's no chance of that. Uh, Steve, isn't Kelly Brook the face of sketches? Oh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to think about it. You'd be depressing me, actually, wouldn't you? It'd be depressing me if you, if you say that Kelly Brook is the face of sketches. <laughs> Dear me. Uh, a lot of people talking about Beyonce. I think my friend... Oh, she is. She? Oh, God, that's all I need. Why can't, I, why can't I pick Jelly on legs? She'd be far more entertaining. It's Kelly Brook takes a walk in the park with sketches. Oh, God, honestly. Oh, perhaps I'll have to buy some that make it look a bit more trendy. I don't know. Oh, she says, I wear my little cut-off jeans with them. That's what I've got to do to make myself trendy. I'll get some cut-off little jeans cut very high. Cut very high. And, uh, and then I can wear them. Oh, dear. I wish, wish she wasn't the face of them, but never mind. Thank you so much for reminding me of that one. It's always nice of you to help me out first thing in the morning. Andrew says, I too own a pair of sketches and a hot water bottle. Yeah, all right. I've got a hot water bottle as well. Anybody go to see Carol King yesterday? Anybody go to see Carol King? Uh, rave reviews. Apparently the crowd sang all of it. They knew the whole album, Tapestry. She's 74. 74. And looking good on it. I think 74 is the new 50. 74 is the new 50. And I was delighted to say, actually, I'm going to find it. I'm going to find it here. Because remember I asked the other day, uh, I said I hadn't heard from, uh, from Bryn and Annie. Oh, and uh, Gloria Honeyford, I'm oh, sorry, uh, did say to me yesterday, she, we were talking about tattoos. And she doesn't have any. And I said, well, Dame Judy's got a tattoo. Sorry, there's another name. Dame Judy's got a tattoo. That's a... Uh, just just Jude to me. And uh, and so she said, what does it say? And I couldn't remember what it actually said on it. And so it says car, carpe diem. Uh, apparently, Sugar Ray Leonard is the face of sketches. Is that... We'll have to check that one out. We'll have to check that one out. I don't know who you'd rather have, Paul. Whether you'd rather have Kelly Brook or Sugar Ray Leonard. I think he likes Sugar Ray Leonard. My friend Jordan would be so pleased with me this morning because I'm so show business, so rock and roll. It's unbelievable. Uh, it is. Sugar Ray Leonard is. They are, you see. Sugar Ray Leonard. Oh, thank God I've redeemed myself. Thank you, Paul. And, and, and Kelly. And, uh, let's, let's kind of forget about her. Let's just concentrate on Sugar Ray Leonard. Much, much nicer. Uh, it was Mike that told us about uh, Carpe Diem. Was it Carpe Diem? Yeah. 
And uh, so that's that's what she had, because I couldn't remember at the time. Doesn't help, does it, really? But as I say, as we all get a little bit older. Uh, I still haven't decided whether to buy a bike. Still don't know whether to buy a bike. I keep thinking, yeah, I'll buy a bike, yeah, I'll buy a bike, and then I never quite get round to buying a bike. And every year I think, oh, perhaps we'll have some, uh, some good weather, and every year we don't. And this year is no different. 5.30. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Lindsay says, uh, why mention Janet Street Porter's age so much? Would you have described a man in a similar story as Over the Hill? Yes, of course. Have you listened to this programme before? Where are you coming from, dear? Sorry? Yes, Eamon Holmes constantly. Apparently she works in television. As what? I can't imagine. Apparently, looking at the picture of her, perhaps it's hair colouring, dear. I don't know. But yes, I always mention men in exactly the same light. Exactly. We don't differentiate at all on this programme. We really don't. As far as I'm concerned, if you're old, you're old. It's as simple as that. I don't... Uh, and, and also because she's screwed up so much and sometimes she rambles a bit. She's an old woman. She can't help it. Uh, Steve, says Margaret, your Tomorite tip, tip worked a treat. My basil plant is now two feet tall. <laughs> Never had one so big. I'm telling you, even Paul Cooper's baskets are bigger than most people's. Huge. Huge. John took a picture of them just to make me jealous. And uh, a tomorite is the is the seal and end all. It's the potassium. It's the potassium. I've followed advice from years ago. Uh, Bryn and Annie. Bryn and Annie, as you know, uh, Bryn Williams and uh, Annie's gorgeous wife, they live over in France. He was a toastmaster and uh, working up until ooh, quite an age, quite an age. But anyway, they're over in France and I hadn't heard from them for ages. And I get a bit panicky if I don't hear from people. And uh, we've got this new system now, but if you get blitzed by certain websites, it sort of, it kind of uses up all of the, um, of the things. And so I have to start searching through to try and find everything. And that's, and that's, you know, very difficult, very, very difficult. And so I'd obviously lost a few of their things, but... He did write to me yesterday and it managed to get through to my proper mailbox. Said it was great to hear our names mentioned this morning, wondering where we were and uh, seemed to have gone quiet. Thank you for the mention, which we really do appreciate. No, we're still around. And indeed, we've sent a number of emails to you in answer to a few of your questions and statements, but they've not been read. We can only assume they got lost in cyberspace and you didn't get them. They, they go into this new, it's called clutter. If it's not known... I think it puts things in there, so I've I've tried to sort of uh, tried to sort of put them back. What? Tried to put put them back in again? Were you talking to me? Oh right. Oh, think about the other person. Yeah, exactly right. Yes. He says not to worry, not to worry. We really do still love the show, and I promise to keep sending you bits uh, for either to either bin it or read it as you choose. Annie sends her warmest love, and if we were awake at five a.m. our time, she listens avidly. I'm usually, says Bryn, dead to the world and fast asleep. It's all that damn medication the doctors keep plastering us with, which makes us so lazy. But we really do love your chattering and commentary about life in general. It's always entertaining. P.S. Annie, this coming Wednesday, is going to be 84. 84. Annie, you treasure. And uh, that's on the 8th of July, and it's their 58th wedding anniversary. Tomorrow, the 5th. So he says, I may just buy her half a bottle of Prosecco because unfortunately I've weaned them off wine in France and I've got them onto Prosecco and it's fatal. But listen, and in case I forget on Wednesday, have a really, really, really happy birthday and congratulations to you both. That's Bryn and Annie for their 58th wedding anniversary tomorrow. So if I do forget, which I might do, but perhaps the family will will remind me, uh, I've done it in advance. So we've done Daniel's birthday for today. We did Gordon's birthday for today. It's amazing how many things we're celebrating, isn't it, over the next uh, few days. And we're also getting... So that's why you're seeing Tony Blair, everybody, because of the Chilcot report. 
He does look like a man who just sort of wanders around the world getting suntanned, doesn't he, now? He doesn't, he doesn't look as though he's anything else, actually. And another one here. Another one here very quickly, indeed. And uh, oh, what was that one, actually? Oh, yes, a lot of people telling me about uh, what programmes you're watching on the television at the moment. Uh, Jane is listening in Crete. She says, I've been a slave, to, a slave to fashion footwear all my life. Discovered sketches a couple of years ago when a friend recommended them for comfort walking. Mine have walked around the Caribbean, South Africa, India and New York. I've recommended them to all my friends. And, uh, and also their husbands have now purchased them and love the comfort. Keep wearing them. They're the new fashion item. Well, I'm, I'm quite de- depressed by the fact that it's on an over 50 site. I'm nowhere near over 50, for goodness sake. I'm nearer 70 now. Uh, speaking of the shoes... You know fashion has passed you by, says Mark, when you buy elasticated trousers. Yeah, on the upside, you don't have to pop the button after a good meal. Oh, do you remember doing that? You sit down, you have a meal, and you go, oh, I need to undo the top button. I need a, a complete Velcro strip down the middle of my body, just take everything out and then Velcro myself back up again. It's terrible, isn't it, when you eat something and you think, you know, what is it? I said to Cliff... Oh, did I mention I saw Cliff yesterday? I, uh, I said to Cliff yesterday, because he hasn't put on an ounce of weight. He really hasn't. He's, he's sort of, he, he's kept that figure, whereas me, I've kind of kept it and added to it. Which, uh, not, not the best thing, I suppose. Not the best thing, but I, I do, I do sort of try and get there. I do try and get there. It doesn't necessarily work all the time. Uh, I like the idea that if, if you've got a hot water bottle, you're an elderly person now. I do love a hot water bottle. I really do, actually. If you're very lucky, you can uh, you can keep it going till the morning time. Steve the Milkman says, I was at the Carol King concert yesterday. Where's Kevin the Milkman gone? Where's he gone to? He's probably not on holiday, is he, again? Honestly, that boy lives on his holidays. But um, uh, Steve the Milkman says, I was at the Carol King concert. Absolutely fantastic. Sun shone all day. Proper professional. Still has the voice. Average age of the audience, around 60. Mike says, Brian wasn't a Toastmaster. Bryn, sorry. He was the Toastmaster. Yes, he's got a, an autobiography, Red Tails in the Sunset, because that's what it is. And uh, Dom says, I used to be Gloria Honeyford's uh, gardener. Very nice lady. Yes, she is. She's very nice. She was with, her, as I say, with her husband, uh, Stephen, yesterday. And uh, it was lovely. Very nice. Uh, Steve, living the dream. Do those sketches have a tartan pattern with Velcro fastening? No, there's no Velcro fastening. Uh, no, no, no Velcro fastening. I do have a pair of shoes with Velcro fastening. <laughs> You know why? I can't get down there and undo laces and do laces up again. I'm rubbish at things like that. I've come to the conclusion there's a downside. I made, I made Cliff laugh, my new best friend. I, uh, I said to him, I said, I know I'm getting old when you make noises when you're putting your socks on. I said, you know, you bend and get like that <laughs> as the air is expelled. Uh, Steve, I think uh, that we should replace passport photos with a generic black silhouette. Oh, I think that's a good idea. I like that idea, actually, of a cutout. Of a cutout, that'd be a good idea, wouldn't it? I might look a little bit better in a cutout, or on second thoughts, maybe not. Maybe not. 84850, uh, Doc Martin shoes and boots have been made by Griggs & Co, who bought the patent over 40 years ago. Uh, they were made in the village of Wollaston, Northampton, the once boot and shoe country of the UK. And uh, they made them in Vietnam as well, says Des. And everything's made over there, isn't it? Everything's made over there. Ringo! It's another face of sketches. You know, the bloke who moans about people asking for autographs and then says, peace and love. George was my favourite Beatles, says Paul. Yeah. I, don't, I like all of them. Seriously, I've, I've still got, haven't used the blasted thing yet. I bought it off a friend of mine. It's a card to download from iTunes. Every single one of the Beatles films and singles and albums. The whole lot. The whole caboodle. And I've not done it. Oh, my goodness me. What's that? Naked phone parties. Open air sex. 
and orgies with dwarves. Yes, this is Swingfields, and it's, uh, it's a group of swingers in a field. And that's all I can say about it. I don't really know what else to say, actually, really. And uh, Grey's Anatomy star Kevin McKidd and his wife are divorcing after 17 years, but uh, they say their teen kids are their priority and they will continue to enjoy a close relationship. It's what I like to hear, but why, why split up then? Uh, sadly for ITV, they've managed to sign William. That's Will I Am, not his real name either. And uh, he's going to be with, uh, with The Voice. Oh, how dull and boring. But uh, they do say... Uh, I think, wait a minute, uh, Will, who wants his former fellow coach Jesse J back, will also be judging The Voice Kids, due on ITV next year with Emma Willis at the helm. Wouldn't have been the same without him, they say. All right. And uh, guess who we've got here? Uh, the latest signing up for Strictly Come Dancing. It's a real Z list. It really is. So far, you've got Anastasia, Judge Rinder, Laura Whitmore... I mean, God, it never, we've scraped some barrels in our time. The latest one is Louise Redknapp. God, blimey, we've scraped the bottom of the U-bend on this one. But uh, Judge Rinder, poor soul, perhaps he needs the money. Perhaps he's a bit hard up or something. Not surprising, the presentational skills. And Laura Whitmore, oh, God, you're going to loathe her after about the first few days. She's really going to get on your nerves, as indeed do most of them. And now, and now Louise Redknapp. That was the failed one from Eternal, wasn't it? That was one who just stood there looking like a bit of a dipstick. Um, whose heart is in pain? Yes, it's uh, Caroline Ahern's family and her brother. His tribute to his, to his, his uh, sister. Uh, Cheryl Fernandez, Vassini, et Spagbol, knee Tweedy, knee whatever. Uh, her ex... Jean-Bernard, wanted a prenup agreement to prove he wasn't after her money. But, of course, uh, he was said to be so in love with the singer that he pushed for the contract before they wed. Now, whether or not they've got it, I don't know. Apparently, uh, JB, that's what they call him, JB, Jean-Bernard, is working in London on a new restaurant. Oh, right, how lovely. That'll be riveting exciting for all of us. Uh, Singer and former X Factor judge Cheryl. Singer? Hello, when was that? When did that happen? Uh, filed for divorce, citing irreconcilable differences. She now lives with Leanne Payne in L.A. as she's working on a new album. Yeah, right. Whatever. Whatever, as they say. Yeah, you work on it, dear. What are you working on? I'm working on turning it into a sugar bowl. I think that'll be the most exciting. We used to do that years ago. The album was really rubbish and it was a vinyl album. We used to just sort of heat it gently on a radiator and then form it into a nice shape. Make something more interesting out of it. Uh, little little Julie says, another walk on Hounslow Heath yesterday. Didn't spot any highwaymen. Well, I'm a dandy highwayman. Oh, sorry. Somebody said the other day, don't sing on the programme. I said, I'm a brilliant singer. How many radio programmes can you tune into at 18 minutes to six and find somebody in perfect pitch? Somebody who can offer the world a new singing voice. Pavarotti? Puh! Puh! Heavens above, honestly. All these people, you know, singing... Placido Domingo? Puh! Puh! Steve Allen. That's the name of the future. You watch. I could be on X Factor. I could go and sing on there. I could surprise people on The Voice. They could turn their chair around and go, good God, it is a man. You know, they could... All oh, the signals, they might not recognise me as such. But, I mean, I, I could sing. If I was auto-tuned, if they gave me a proper microphone and a full orchestra... I saw some people, I was, what, I was on YouTube yesterday, and they had a list of people who were the worst auditions. That's where they, they come on. They haven't got any talent at all. They're just stupid people. And, uh, and then Simon Cowell goes, sorry, this is the worst audition I've ever seen. And that's when they start throwing tantrums and, and sort of, you know, showing off for the cameras. It's all very embarrassing, really. If you got no... T- there was one there, her mother was there. She was going, well, yeah, I think she's great. great. She, can, she can sing better than this, but this is good, isn't it? And Dermot O'Dreary's going, 
Yeah, well, I suppose so. I mean, he never seems to commit himself, but there you go. BBC employees are like, they never really say anything, do they? Sort of stand there a bit like sort of dummies. So I said that to Gloria, actually, yesterday. Did I mention Gloria? And, um, and we were talking about the BBC and about the fact that nobody's allowed, you know, to actually have an opinion. Thank God for radio. Thank God for, for commercial radio, where people can actually have an opinion. And, and they, they were saying how much they enjoy listening to all the programmes on LBC. They like the, the debates. They like the idea that you have people coming on who are far better informed than they used to be, because people have now got the internet, so people can put up good arguments. And it's, it's very entertaining. I mean, I, I love listening to somebody who's in full flow of a good argument, who's rapidly being destroyed by the presenter. That I, I quite like. I mean, it's, you know, and, I, mean, I don't do it in any sort of... Uh, any sort of malicious way. I just like the idea that somebody who thinks they're clever... It's like being on The X Factor. They think they can sing. We know they can't. You know, and Simon Cowell... I think Melanie B said to one of the people, she said, you just can't hold a tune. And he said, oh, do you think you're a better singer than I am? And Simon Cowell said... Oh, no, it was it, was, uh, it, was it Piers. I think he said, wait a minute, you've insulted her. She's sold millions of records around the world. And you're questioning whether she can sing better than you. These people are so dumb on the television. But that's what we laugh at them for, isn't it? We, we, just, we just point and laugh. Uh, Graham says, I, I take it Sarah Harding and Spagbol wasn't at uh, Cliff's Bash. No, well, it wasn't Cliff's Bash. No, no, it was somebody else's bash. But, uh, no, Sarah Harding, I mean, I think she applied for job as waitress, but I think they turned it down, saying, not really, we're looking for somebody who's committed to what they do. And she's in Dubai sunning herself with the photographer so she can put some pictures out and, and try and get some sort of work out of it. But to be honest with you, I don't know. More in the free podcast for today. I mentioned that in a caring, sharing way, because if you go to the LBC website, you can download the free app, which means you get the free podcast every day. That's Monday through Friday. So there you go. There's our little offer for today. And also, uh, Spagbol can't, because as you just heard, she's in uh, L.A. And she's putting the finishing touches to an album. Which will be heard by nobody. Uh, but, I mean, she will come back and promote it. Because she'll have to. There's no point in living in Los Angeles. Because nobody knows her in America. She could just be any other car jockey parking cars. Seriously, they've, they've got better looking people than her parking cars. And also, not being blessed with height. And they don't do pantomime over there. She's got to come back over here to meet up with Snow White so she can be one of the seven. Because she's not going to make it otherwise, is she? And, uh, but she'll have to come back to promote the album. Otherwise, it'll sink without trace. At least Sarah Harding has seen good sense into not bothering going back in the recording studio again. Because the last time she did it was a total disaster. A bit like Jerry Halliwell. A bit like Jerry, as we pointed out yesterday, was it? 294 she managed to scrape into the Australian charts. The Australian charts! I didn't even know they went that far down to 294. The Australian... Ch- Who else is in there, for goodness sake? I come from a land down under. I am, you are, we are Australian. 13 to 6. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. 10 to 6, Monday morning. It's the 4th of July, so happy 4th of July. And uh, for all those other people... We're coming to Eid, aren't we, I think? We're coming to Eid. There's always something to celebrate. People's birthdays and the fact that uh, on closer inspection of uh, James... Uh, Haskell in the paper today wearing his budgie smugglers and not quite filling them out properly, bless his heart. It also looks like he shaves his body. It's even more bizarre. So here he is shaving his body. Mind you, Chloe Madeley looks like she shaves her body as well. Really, honestly, how to, I mean, really just not an attractive face at all. Just having sort of a body is not really enough in this day and age. But poor old James, poor old soul, but he does look like he's been shaving his body because it looks like bits of it are growing back again badly. It's either that or it's... um. Or it's a bad tattoo. Bad tattoo, pardon me. Um, A TV presenter has been left under no illusions after a magician um, uh, impaled her hand in a botched trick. This is um, 
this is a, a trick with three empty cups and a nail. Uh, I don't know if you've ever seen people do it before. I'm laughing, actually, because I'm, I, I thought they were fairly, you know, I thought it was, I know there's a, an element of risk in this. But anyway, so what you have is you have three three cups and you pick one of them and then you bring your hand down on it very hard indeed. She did, but unfortunately the spike was there and it went through her hand because it's it's like an upturned uh, nail. Uh, according to the Breakfast Show producer, they did actually uh, rehearse it before it was being filmed. Uh, this man called Zabek has appeared on uh, Mam Talent, which is Poland's equi- equivalent of Britain's Got Talent. And so he, he he crushed one himself before slamming Miss Rosalska's hand onto another one. He picked the wrong bag and viewers saw the spike pierce the chat show's palm. Oh, imagine. Perish the thought. That's like having somebody... I remember seeing Jack Delvin, the lovely Jack Delvin, appearing on Noel Edmonds' programme with a guillotine and, uh, and demonstrating the guillotine, I think, with Philip Schofield. <laughs> You think, oh gosh, if it goes wrong, if it goes wrong. Jodie is uh, driving home in the morning listening to uh, the show, saying it how it is. Yes, always say how it is, actually. And, um, uh, yeah, how else can you call it, really? How else can you call it? Are you wearing the Ulta Skechers shoes? If you are older, vans make you look like you're wearing plimp soles, says Peter. (laughs) I've had no end of vans. I love vans. I used to buy boxes of vans. Boxes and boxes. And apparently, you can buy elasticated shoelaces. They look like normal ones. You just leave them tied up. Thank you. (laughs) I don't know why we're worrying about this. I'm not that age. Not that age at all. I don't don't want to feel like I'm that that age at the moment. I don't think I have that many things at... uh, at you know at that sort of you know for that sort of age group, uh, what temperature says uh, says David? If you can make a seven inch record into a sugar bowl, what temperatures were the radiators? Oh, just putting a record on a radiator, you can fold it up quite easily. Really? Do you know what sort of temperature you've got on your radiators? I've got normal temperature, and uh, yep, yeah, you can definitely. In fact, actually, you 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 could bend a record, an old seven inch record, quite easily. Albums were actually easier to do because there was more more vinyl in there. There was a thinner vinyl which was in the uh, in the seven-inch record. You could do that by living on the back seat of the car. When I got back into my car yesterday, because the sunshine had been so brilliant, the inside of the car was burning. I had to put the air conditioning on immediately. Producer's got a racing bike. Small tyres. Thin t- You watch. Tommy's had his third puncture of the decade. He'll be going... He'll be going I think we give up this blooming thing. Ridiculous. Uh, Steve, there is no culture in Australia. And read your conversation the other day. Uh, um, Reg Patterson... No, Les Patterson. I must look at his TV series. Very funny man, says Dion. Yes. And Hassan says it's the end of Ramadan and we could be celebrating Eid on Tuesday or Wednesday, depending, of course, on sighting in the moon. Don't forget to wish Eid to all those celebrating. It's the, uh, it's, it's, the, it's the fasting, isn't it? I don't know how people cope with things like that. I really don't. The idea of going without food. Oh, dear. Not for me, I'm afraid. Not for me. I wonder how long I could get... Well, I managed to get through the day without a Prosecco yesterday, and it was lovely. Ice-cold water is very nice. Not very healthy for you, I know. You're supposed to have it lukewarm. But I, I do enjoy uh, ice-cold water. I always think it's better. Uh, Dave says, do you realise that song, I Come From A Land Down Under, was number one in the charts when you were only 29 years old? Thanks. Is that true? Was I 29 years old when that song came out? It was Men at Work, wasn't it? Men at Work. <laughs> um, sorry. I'll just have a look at here. Ian Highland, the funniest thing on television, is talking about... Um, uh, what's he talking about here? Oh, yes, Janet Street Porter. Pratter Porter, he calls her. He says, what's that you say? There's absolutely fabulous movie out. Are you sure? 
Only I don't seem to recall seeing anything about it on the telly recently. I jest, of course. Daytime television's been very eager to fall in with the line that Ab Fab was the most important comedy of all time. It was actually an occasional hilarious comedy of manners with two fantastic lead characters. Crucially, it was very much of its time. But try telling that to the likes of Janet Street Porter, who's such a huge fan, she decided to display her encyclopedic knowledge during a meticulously researched interview with Jennifer Saunders. Uh, Janet Street Porter. Uh, Safi and Serge are gay. Saunders. No, Safi's straight. Janet Street Porter. Yeah, but didn't she go through a gay phase? Jennifer Saunders. No. <laughs> Never mind. Uh, Janet, maybe perhaps more box set, less bolly. Uh, and P.S. When this morning's Alison Hammond yelled, everybody who's anybody is in this movie, why am I not in it? At Saunders on the red carpet. Was it the finest ever example of an interviewer answering their own question? And P.P.S. Re-loose women's discussion on Friday about how difficult it is to take a compliment. Why would that ever be a problem for them? And the answer is, of course, it wouldn't be. They, they were doing the story that we did first about Andrew Castle issuing a compliment. But, of course, most of the panel... I mean, who's going to give one to Colleen Nolan? And Janet Street Porter. You're not going to bother, are you? You're going to give it to the people you like. And Janet, because she's so ancient now, I mean, 190 and still going strong. I mean, I think what they do is they sort of bring her in on Zimmer frame and then they sort of park her in the seat and then they leave her there for the whole programme and then they, they wheel her out her again at the end. So the transgender Brits could compete in the Rio Olympics. How many are there? How many, how many transgenders have we got in this country who are currently competing? And they say this is two British athletes. The unnamed pair would be the world's first transgender Olympians if success, uh, if uh, if completed on this thing and then successfully selected to compete. Critics say male to female competitors have a biological advantage and sporting authorities have been wrestling with the rules. So I don't know. So is this male to female or is this female to wet, uh, to male? Apparently, these two athletes transitioned long ago. And had represented Britain in Europe. So we don't know about them. So in other words, there are two people out there. And we don't know. But I'm assuming they are men to women. They are men to women. Does that give them an unfair advantage, though? That's what you see you'd have to argue, wouldn't it? You'd have to argue whether or not they had a, an unfair advantage. Being being men turning into women. But they've still physically got the uh, the male hormones. And uh, what's the difference between Australia and yoghurt? OK, work it out. Oh, yeah, come on. Yoghurt has culture. OK, I know it's an old one, but you, you can use that later on today, actually. If somebody's celebrating their birthday, you could say to them, hello, happy birthday. What's the difference between Australia and yoghurt? Yoghurt has culture. That's good, isn't it? No, we love Australia. Seriously, couldn't eat a whole one, but I love them. Uh, go classic as you get older. Try Converse. They come in loads of colours, but their sizes are weird. I'm a 9 UK and couldn't get into a 10 bought online, says Jonathan. Yeah, you've got to put different... I mean, I'm, I'm a 10 and a half. But they always put down, they always put down the English thing, because I can't work it out at all. Uh, and somebody says here, who's a 4am spiker, do you have one of those mobility aids to put your socks on without bending? Super producer could have his own mobility reaching aid to sort out your mobile phone from a distance and pick tinnies off the floor. Win-win. Yeah, I like it. So there's actually something called a, a th- something that helps you put your socks on. Is there? What would that be? Something that helps you put your socks on. I don't. I've, I can't imagine what that is. Is that like a grabbing stick? I've got a grabbing stick at home. I had it when I, I did my back in, and uh, and I had to pull my pants on that way. It was the only way. I could, I'm sorry to share that with you at this time of the morning. I realise many of you are probably driving and now feeling particularly queasy, but uh, that's just the way it goes. But then I discovered a coat hanger worked just as well. 
one of those metal coat hangers sort of straightened out a little bit. But uh, something to put your socks on. What a brilliant idea. What a brilliant idea. Because bending over if you've got a bad back or if you're elderly is very difficult. Very difficult at all. You know, very difficult to manage. So I, I quite understand where you're, where you're coming from on it. I'm, I'm in for anything that's an easy life. They brought out a thing a short while ago, and I don't know how much it is because I never inquired, and I think it's called a shower fan, and you get out of the shower, as opposed to drying yourself with a towel, you walk through this thing, which is like a giant hairdryer, and you walk through it like a tunnel, and by the time you get to the other end, you're dry. I mean, that's the theory behind it, whether it works, I've got no idea. Coming up very shortly, it's the news at six o'clock this morning on LBC. The motorway thief who drove away with a baby and a girl aged 12, uh, the elderly couple in the suicide pact, they wanted to avoid the care home. They've been talking about it for 18 months. They did not want to be separated. Uh, the legal bid to block the EU exit. Is the Channel migrant claiming benefits? They think he might be. He's entitled to up to £700 a month. He hasn't actually done anything yet. The sun shines at Wimbledon. The crowds roll up. Windsor is our favourite castle, but in this building it's Andrew. Uh, the man who can't fill out his speedos is James Haskell, the one who shaves his body. Uh, unlike Tom Daly, who can fill out his speedos. And hedgehogs love city living. Oh, all of that and more, other side of the news. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. It's uh, the 4th of July. Uh, the Americans celebrate. They all get very excited about the 4th of July. Perhaps they have special television programmes and things like that. It kind of passes us by a little bit in this country because, you know, we just sort of still celebrate bonfire night, don't we? Somebody who was very unsuccessful at blowing up Parliament. Not a bad idea in this day and age, is it, really? The sun shines at Wimbledon. The crowds roll up. Uh, Chris Evans hit by these sex claims from an ex-colleague. Apparently not a nutter, says Kelvin McKenzie in his column. And uh, the story emanates. I don't know whether it's current or an old story, but I'm sure I read it before. But uh, the BBC have said, no, no, he'll be there for his, uh, for his radio programme. I've recommended getting the helicopter up again. I think that would be the kind of thing to do. And uh, the police set up mobile cells for drunks at Henley. Oh, goodness sake. Henley used to be so refined. It was sort of people in boating, you know, coats and, 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 and straw boaters. And they were members of the rowing club and all the rest of it. Now it's just a bunch of drunks. Ghastly. Ghastly. It's like Ascot, isn't it? Ascot used to be, you know, if you look at My Fair Lady, it was the Ascot Gavotte and it was all terribly, every duke and earl and peer is here, everyone who should be here is here. Now what it is, a bunch of old chavs turning up wearing the most ghastly things. I mean, the clothing is just appalling, just appalling. You know, and still the royal family go there, so secretly there must be a common side to the royal family. Uh, the sweet British strawberries, seeing off the rivals from abroad, you should buy British we were always encouraging people to do that years ago. Buy British. Go on, buy British. We do nice fruit here. Kent's Garden of England. We get all sorts of things. But, uh, of course, I mean, if we do come out of the EU, and at the moment it's looking slightly undecided, as there's now going to be a legal bid to block the EU exit, I don't think it'll go through. Isn't that funny? I'll make a prediction now, just in case I don't live long enough to see the end of it. But I, I just don't think it'll go through. I don't think we'll ever get to that stage where it goes through. Something will happen between, between now and when it might do, which is about two and a half years away, I think. Uh, the spin-off masterclass, banned by the BBC. They've decided to drop it. Um, the, the other one was the motorway thief. The woman pulls in, goes in to get, leaves the keys in the car. I mean, the stupidity of some people. And there's a 12-year-old girl and a baby in the back. Somebody gets in and drives off. The 12-year-old opens the door and gets out. The baby was found dumped on a doorstep later on. What sort of people get out of a car and leave two people in it with the keys in? I mean, you know. And the elderly couple in the suicide pact to avoid the care home. They, did, they thought that they were going to be split up. They had this horrible feeling that, uh, that as they got older and they were in their 80s, they were going to be split up and they would end up 
uh, being separated, and they didn't want that. They didn't want that. They didn't want to be separated. They wanted to stay together. So for about 18 months prior to their death, they were talking about taking their own lives. So the family were all well aware of it. Bridget and David, uh, together 65 years, 65 years, uh, talked openly of suicide. And uh, then they had a bit of a problem. I think one of them suffered a fall and uh, and one of them had got some bad news health-wise and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, their uh, cleaner found them dead at their home in Yelverton in Devon, where police found documentation about the group uh, notes to their children and suicide instructions. They joined a, a group so that people could help them do assisted suicide. I mean, it's terribly sad, isn't it? I mean, it really is terribly, terribly sad about, uh, you know, somebody who really, that they were so worried because we've seen it before. People have been split up. And uh, we don't like it. I don't like the idea that you get to that sort of stage uh, of of people, you know, really, at the end of the day, you spend 65 years with somebody, you think you're entitled to some sort of, some sort of dignity. Oh, it's a nice pair of sketches there, by the look of it. Oh, that'll be Paul Cooper wearing them. Definitely going to get a pair, says Graham. I tell you, they're ever so comfy. <laughs> get them on Amazon. Get them on Amazon. Just type in sketches and pick out your size. Get, get them sent to, uh, to Cheney's. They're very comfy for walking around. Paul Cooper's got them on. They're very nice. Very nice. I don't, I'm not subscribing to the fact for the over 50s, these, uh, these shoes. Uh, David says, uh, the reason he asked about the 7-inch record, he says, I live in Jeddah and Thailand. I've got no radiators. Oh, well, you don't know the delights of a radiator. You don't know the delights of bleeding radiators. That's very excited. Uh, being arrested in uh, Henley, the police use pim-flavoured handcuffs. Do you know, is it funny? I know, I mean, because my mother used to work for the police down there, so I know exactly what the, uh, what sort of the, uh, the outlook is for Henley. And it, it used to be quite classy, but it's, it's not really now. They're sort of getting this sort of naff element in. Uh, I'm currently in the northeast of Thailand, and it's the rainy season here, says Steve. I played your show to a few locals, and they like listening as you speak very clearly, but uh, they tell me you sound a bit moody. I tell them it's because you just woke up as it's early morning. Moody? Good Lord, I've never been... I don't do moody. I don't think I've ever done Moody. Moody? Do I do, do I do Moody? No, producer says I don't do Moody. I don't do Moody. I do sort of quiet um, where I can't get milk for the coffee or something like that, but I've never done Moody. Moody. You couldn't do a programme like this if you did Moody. It, it wouldn't be... Uh, it, it wouldn't work. And I, I can say that quite honestly, because you have to have sort of a reasonable sense of humour to sit here at this time of the morning. But people were asking me yesterday, they were saying, so do you still love doing it? Absolutely. 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 I can't uh, I can't think of anything better. Mike says, I, I woke with a migraine this morning, turned your show and within 25 minutes of listening to your voice, it started to ease. I think, do you know, what? I know why that is. I can tell you exactly why that is. It's because it takes away the thought. If you're sitting there and you've got a migraine, you're thinking about the migraine. If you're listening to something on the radio, it's taking your brain to a different level. I know this because a psychiatrist told me ages ago and said that you, you start listening to it and then you forget about the fact you're ill. It's like if I start the programme and I'm not feeling very well which happens, you know, very, very rarely, but occasionally it happens. After about ten minutes, I've forgotten the fact that I wasn't very well. Although I did have a dreadful coughing fit before the programme. I, I choked on a piece of popcorn, and it would not leave my throat. And I thought, oh, here we go, we're going to have this again. We've just put some milk in our coffee, and we discovered it's four days out of date. I'm drinking it, but I'm not totally convinced it's going to be all right. I'm now, I'm now, I'm, I think it's psychosomatic. I've now started believing that I'm making myself ill, which is not true at all. Um, the bridesmaid who threw herself out of the car as the hijacker took the baby is in all the, uh, the newspapers for today. Uh, the Chris Evans, 
story, they say he could be quizzed by police over sex offence allegations made by a former colleague. Uh, he's uh, He's been fronting the revamped Top Gear. Now, whether there's a second edition of Top Gear, I'm not sure. We, we weren't sure about whether or not they'd committed to one series or whether they were going to go for the second one. Um, anyway, um, they say the police may now quiz the star over the allegations over the next few weeks. The, the woman at the centre of the claim said he might have thought what he was doing was amusing, but like a lot of bullies, he cloaked it in a joke. It's, it's some kind of joke when you want to start exposing yourself to people who might not want to see that part of your anatomy. But uh, he did once work as a Tarzanogram. Do you remember? In the days we used to have kids, do you remember you'd be standing in a pub having a drink with friends and all of a sudden the door would open and there'd be a policeman standing there and he'd go up to some girl, he'd go, are you Lily? And she'd go, yes. And then they'd, they'd push a button and on he'd go to his music and he'd start stripping, which is very, it's a very odd thing. I don't think we see them anymore. Do we see them anymore? Do we see strippograms? Do they still exist? Are people still book strippograms? Apparently they're going to start filming a second series in September. Oh God, the BBC. Once they've actually thrown so much money at something, they're, they're determined to make it work. But to be honest with you, I mean, this, this might kill it stone dead, I think. I don't know. Uh, police said while they were aware of the allegations, they were not yet aware of any formal complaint having been made to officers. Uh, the flashing claims come at a sensitive time for the BBC. This follows in the wake of sexual assault scandals involving Jimmy Savile, Rolf Harris, Stuart Hall and Chris Denning. But uh, the, a spokesman for Evans, who's still expected to present his programme, says uh, we declined to comment. I mean, to be honest with you, they're obviously not going to give it any sort of credibility. And so we'll wait and see. We'll wait and see. This is one of those balmy things, though, isn't it, really? I don't know what people define as being funny now. You know, something that some, somebody would describe to you as funny, you might go, I don't think that's very funny at all, actually. I think that sounds quite uh, quite creepy. And that's not Andrew Castle. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, because I thought that was fine. Uh, help put your socks on. It's called a manservant, Steve. Yes, thank you. Help you put your socks on. I have to lean up against a wall to put socks on now. I've discovered I can't, I've lost my balance. I've lost my balance completely. I just can't, uh, I can't stand up on one leg. I find it exactly the same as uh, a sort of trying to put your, your jeans on and stuff like that. I'm constantly falling over. Not so great, is it? I live in Battersea. Well, well done you. And uh, my broadband has gone off uh, due to the heavy lightning and storm on the 23rd of June, and I called the company to report it. They said it's external. I shouldn't call them. They'll send an engineer. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's an odd one, isn't it? I don't know, actually. My, my broadband went off uh, the other day for about five minutes. I turned everything off, turned it all on again, and then it's, it's been fine ever since. hate things like that going wrong. hate it. Malcolm says, I remember 78 records, which could be turned into flower bowls after being steeped in very hot water. Yeah, 78s were always a little bit worrying, because if, if you drop uh, 78 records, um, they tend to, to smash, because it's a, it's a different type of... It's not vinyl... It's sort of a plastic thing. And I remember I bought a load of 78s at a, at a car boot. Well, sort of like a car boot thing. We didn't have car boots in those days because I bought a wind-up gramophone. And, um, and I bought a set of records and we dropped them and come out of a cupboard. Whole lot smashed to pieces. Smashed to pieces. Vinyl was far more... You could bend vinyl records. Some of them were so thin, especially the KTL ones. And uh, Steve, I was in Kingston. A man sitting on the ground with a card saying homeless and hungry. Asked me if he wanted a Mac. Uh, and he said to Cheeseburger, so I got him one. I felt sorry for him. Genuine or not, says Julie. I've got no idea. I don't know him. No idea. Lots of people come and sit. They, they, they've started sitting early. We get one who sits outside uh, 
Twickenham Station now begging. They don't actually say anything, they just sit there staring at the pavement, like they've lost the ability to, to speak. And then there's some on Waterloo Bridge, but they turn up by car, I know, because I've seen them being dropped off. And then they, they sort of arrange all their blankets out and they just sit there with their little thing with, you know, homeless and all the rest of it. And you think, don't you have the ability to actually get up and say anything? Why are you so useless? Drives me mad. Uh, did you see the programme at Daniela Westbrook and her rehab? No, I'm not remotely interested in Daniela Westbrook. Really not remotely interested. You've got to put up with Gemma Collins this week. There'll be another one to be blaming everybody except herself. It's poor little me, poor little me. They're sort of, they're sort of just people who are attention seekers. They're just so desperately sad and lonely that they feel that they have to go on television to bore the pants off everybody else. So we don't bother with them. It's much easier to leave them alone, let them wallow in their own self-pity. 6.15. You're listening to a podcast from LBC. Morning, everybody. 6.20 is the time. It's Monday, the 4th of July, so happy 4th of July. Al, no, the reason we talk about Chris Evans is because he's known for doing it. I mean, luckily, one of us is, uh, is well-informed. You're obviously not well-informed at all. That's why he's well-known for doing this kind of thing. In fact, if you watched TFI Friday, they spent a lot of time taking their clothes off. So he thought it was funny. He thought it was funny. The difference is whether you think it's funny. Thank God I'm informed about it and you don't know anything about it. So, uh, you know, goodness sake, you need to, need to check your facts first. Ridiculous. No, he's, he's known for doing things like that. He just, he thinks it's funny. He's admitted he does it. He says he just thinks it's funny. You know, get over it. Unfortunately, other people don't. Uh, the 78s were made of something called shellac, says Richard on the Wirral. Ringo Starr sketches, Steve. Anything the Beatles did is good enough for me. And Joe says, uh, back from Mallorca, back to work today. Yuck. But my LBC app keeps me in the land of the living. Regina sends her uh, her love. Thank you. Do you remember flexi discs? I certainly do. I can remember being on a, on Waterloo Station, or it might have been Paddington years ago, and you could record yourself in a booth, and then it delivered this little flexi disc. And they used to give flexi discs away with magazines, and it, they would they were just it was it was like paper, but made of plastic, and it had the recording on there. <laughs> Dirty jeans, scruffy boots and an old T-shirt, says Jonathan. Will the BBC buy Chris Evans a new outfit for Series 2? I'm surprised, actually, that they're, they're going for Series 2. It had so much negative publicity. The audience just dropped off and dropped off and dropped off. Why would you go for it? And the answer is because they're so stubborn. They just keep thinking that as long as we keep sort of pushing it at you, eventually you'll sort of bite. But I don't think you will on this one. I really don't. I've just got a feeling. I don't know why. I don't know why. I've just, I've just got a feeling about it. Sock aid to use while sitting there. It's called Better Life Sock and Stocking Aid. Three fifty nine from Lloyd's Chemist Online. I shall be checking goods later on. For lovely New South Wales producer, a cattle prod, perchance, to encourage uh, walking out of your studio backwards while tugging one's forelock. Oh, yes, I like the idea of that. We have, if, I had, if I could have servants on this programme, I'd have them. Believe you me, absolutely. Servants, you know, people to make my... Actually, this morning, I had to make my own coffee twice. Twice. It's unheard of in this business. Absolutely unheard of. Normally you just sort of go and uh, and somebody comes a running. But unfortunately today I think the person has gone. So uh, there won't be any of that going around. Which is a shame really, isn't it? I've got a pile of seven inch records, says Richard, from the 70s in my loft. And uh, all have a huge scratch on them. Compliments of an old ex-girlfriend. I just dumped. I made the mistake of allowing her to go into my flat alone to collect her belongings. Still can't bear to throw them away. I know, there's nothing you could do about somebody who scratches records. Mind you, better than the fact she didn't sort of cut all your clothes in half and throw them out the window, which is the more popular version of the thing nowadays. I use three networks, says Brian. Others are available. And um, I think BBC Radio London presenters. What, what in God's name is that? Where, where's that one? In London. They've got a radio station in London. No, they haven't. Don't be so silly, Dion, honestly. Don't make things up. I work in London. I would know about these things. I'd see it in, in the ratings. Uh, apparently, Mike, again, telling me 78s were made from shellac. 
I didn't. I've heard of shellac, but I, but I can't remember. And uh, it's here, says Marilyn. Easy sockade, and that helps you put socks on. I'm really not sure I've got to that stage where I need to buy something to help me put socks on. I mean, I seriously, I think I must have gone down. I do have in the back of the car. I do have a walking stick. That's offending off people who want to attack the car at traffic lights and things like that. But no, a walking stick. I bought it for the bad back. I bought it. Uh, Jean, on the subject of. Um, of uh, off milk, she says, if it didn't curdle in the coffee, then you're fine. Breathe, relax. Um, no, it looks all right, actually. It looks OK. It just seems odd that it's in there for that. Uh, mind you, our fridges are very good here. They are they are particularly good fridges. I was going to bring you the um, uh, the weather, but to be honest with you, I can't be bothered this morning. It's Monday. Ian says, I see the C- TV presenter, radio presenter, columnist and model was out on the town at something called the White Party. That's uh, Lizzie Cundy. She's never been a model. What was she model? Lizzie Cundy. No, no, that's joke modelling. And she's certainly not a radio presenter. Have you heard the voice? Oh, she's not a TV presenter either. Columnist she might do, but I mean, you know, I, I think what she does is submits it and then somebody has to rewrite the thing. Otherwise, you wouldn't know. Uh, 84850, uh, Oh, I'll bring you the weather. Go on, make me, make me. Bright and sunny with cloud. That's OK, it's Monday, come on. Uh, the cloud will increase later, remaining largely dry. Little mist and drizzle possible. High today, 20 degrees. Tonight, occasionally bright, but cloudier later with occasional rain or drizzle after dark. I should be sitting in a dark room later on. Overnight, 16 degrees. Tomorrow, cloudy at first. Patchy rain becoming brighter in the morning with sunny spells for most feeling warm by the afternoon. A high of 22 degrees. That's all right, isn't it? You can cope with, uh, with 22 degrees. 22 degrees, OK, because tomorrow we've got a, uh, another in-conversation interview. I've got Penelope Wilson in today. Very much looking forward to that one. It'll be very nice indeed. And uh, Hollywood star tomorrow. And then, then photo shoot tomorrow. We like a good photo shoot, don't we? Oh, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> so we've had to go and sort of buy different outfits. Uh, 84850, uk. I think, Al, I'm going to... There you go. Off you go. Right, got rid of that one. <laughs> Solves that problem. Uh, a lot of people talking about this thing for putting your socks on. And I've, I've now decided I definitely don't want it. I think if I, if I succumb to anything that has got anything attached to old age on it, I think I'm kind, kind of going down a slippery slope. Yeah, I, 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 mean, I just can't, can't bring myself to do it. I'll be looking for special pensioner deals on holidays or something like that. Very funny. Uh, we agree. Windsor is our favourite castle, apparently. Number 10 is Stirling Castle in uh, Scotland. Uh, Banbert Castle in Northumberland. Uh, Carnarvon Castle. Leeds Castle. That's, that's billed as the world's loveliest castle, I think. It's quite, it looks lovely as you sort of come down on it. Uh, Dover Castle in Kent. Warwick Castle. It's amazing how many we've got in this country, isn't it? Do you think we've got more than America's? I think so. Edinburgh Castle. I love Edinburgh Castle. I think that's great. Bodium Castle. And then number one is Windsor Castle. I'd love to live in a ca- castle with a moat. That'd be great. Castle with a moat. I'd love to have seen how they built the things. Do they sort of dig them out and then they put the water in to make the moat? Or did they dig out and then the water just arrived? I don't know in a lot of cases. Because look at the picture of, of, uh, of Bodium Castle. I mean, it does look lovely. It really does. That's in East Sussex. I've never been there. But that looks like it's sitting in the middle of a lake. So in other words, if anybody's going to attack it, they'd have to get across the water and then they'd be pouring the boiling oil from the top. I mean, dear God, you wouldn't want to do that, would you, nowadays? So uh, Windsor is our favourite. It's very big. And they did a documentary. In fact, I think it's called might just be called the queen and it looks at life at windsor and how they sort of decamp down there and it's it's a very good indicator of what goes on behind the scenes and that's that's the nice bit that we like isn't it uh, who's the man behind tarzan 
I don't know. I'm, although, I, was that the film I was going to watch, actually? I'm sure I was going to watch some film. I've definitely got to watch Ab Fab. I've got to get round to watching that. Uh, even though my friend John just hated it to pieces. Absolutely hated it. Um, also, the, uh, the rail firm allowed to cut 350 trains a day. Good Lord. This is the uh, Southern Rail Network. Thank God I'm not on that one. And scrapping junctions will help the elderly. Because people do, people do drive. Oh, we've got a new super brat at, uh, at Wimbledon. And uh, this is Nick Kriagios. Kurios. Kyrios, is it? Nick Kyrios. He's obviously some desperately sad, lonely person who's, uh, who's upset Wimbledon officials twice this year. He's trying to make a name for himself because, quite clearly, he's not up to the mark. So, he's, is he Australian? Oh, dear. And he's got one of those sort of funny haircuts, you know. Plays against Andy Murray today. But he's been fined twice for unsportsmanlike... He's just a silly little person. He's a show-off. That's all it comes down to. OK, try and make... Although, I'm, I'm, when we talked about... Uh, Wimbledon before, when we had John McEnroe and the I do not believe it and all this kind of thing. It was just a silly little hothead. But, you know, but that's what people ended up watching. They, ended, they, they couldn't wait for him to have another tantrum. The crowd would boo and then they'd sit back and enjoy the spectacle of John McEnroe having one of his minor little queenie fits on the court, stamping his foot and throwing the racket down and doing the whole, the whole tarty bit and we're all laughing at him. He didn't realise. He thought it had some impact. But that's why we watched him. We watched him because he was fascinating. It made it more entertaining, didn't it, I think, as a, as a player. Apparently, Martin says there's even a device that puts your tie on. But actually, you don't need to worry about that. Because you can buy ties now which are permanently knotted and you just clip them on underneath your shirt. I mean, I know it's cheating, but I mean, who cares? Who cares? Goodness sake. Nobody's, I've never seen anybody go up to somebody with a, with a bow tie on and go, that's a fake bow tie, isn't it? Nobody knows. You know, you get people who go, oh, I tie my own bow tie. I couldn't care less. I couldn't care less. No, as far as I'm concerned, you buy the one that's stick on with Velcro. That's much easier. Or feeling that a bit lights up, flashes and whizzes round. Then that makes it very entertaining. That's it for this morning. Thank you for your company. Have a fantastic 4th of July. I think it's going to be a nice day. I know it's Monday and I know you don't like Mondays, as the Boomtown Rats sang some years ago. But let's just put it down to the fact that it was great. And I'll try and work out these photos that I took, uh, yeah, that were taken yesterday by Warren and a load of other very kind people. And I'll see if I can work out how we, how we put them up on the, uh, on the internet. We might have to try it tomorrow. I don't know how we're going to manage it. I'll, I'll think of something. We'll probably put them up on Twitter. Don't forget, you can listen to LBC whenever you want, wherever you are. You can download the free LBC app for your mobile or tablet and never miss a moment. Follow me on Twitter, at Steve Allen Show. Leading Britain's conversation at 7, Nick Ferrari at breakfast. But coming up next, it's Lisa Aziz with the morning news. If you enjoyed this podcast, listen to Steve Allen live from 4am Monday to Friday and Saturday and Sunday from 5am.